God made my head big to contain all of the hubris. <laughs> all right, so we're starting on that. <laughs> Welcome to the downtime. It's the very next day because I was extremely excited and they were all down to play again. Yeah, IRL. It is the very next day. IRL. Yeah, like real, real life. It's going to be weird yeah. because like in podcast time, this is coming out a week later, but no. Time isn't real, people. Time is extraordinarily real. Pay no attention to the wizard behind the curtain. (laughs) Grant, get out of there. (laughs) (laughs) Time is extremely real. We're just bad at perceiving it correctly. I believe that. It's fake. 100%. Fuck off. Anyways, who's going (laughs) first today? We're doing a downtime. I feel like I went first last time, so I'm going to refrain from going first this time. Wasn't Ape supposed to go first or something? Yeah, I think it's my turn anyway. Okay. All right. All right. Um, so what are we so doing, Ape? Let's start off. Um, God, what is the timeline we're looking at here? Uh, Like days? Like dates? Yeah. So the Displacer Beast was... June 10th. And your next hunt is going to be like June I don't know, 29th? Okay. Uh, and we'll say it's been like a day, a couple days at most, and Steiner is in his actual office uh, finishing up grade and stuff, preparing course coursework for next semester and all that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's Basically, just sitting there, he's still pretty upset about how close they came to getting their dicks kicked in. And just kind of angrily grading papers. And you see, I had the idea that because this is apparently what she does now, Alyssa would just drop in on me. <laughs> All right, you know what? We can. We can move into that right now. You get a uh, you get a text from Emery saying, "Hey, Alyssa is here demanding to speak to you." God. Signer <sighs> uh, fires off like he's he's like about to fire off a text that says, "Just get her to leave" or something, but then he stops, reconsiders, and says sends back um, I'll be actually I'm on the way, alright? I'm on the way you get, alright, sure and Sanner just like, finishes up anything he was, you know, the minute he get grading and just heads over and it's like, you know, heads in the house, safe house and just like um, so what is it today? Well, we kind of got interrupted from you teaching me how to fight last time because you had to go deal with a bunch of old associates or whatever. So I'm uh, bugging you more now because I'm not letting you get away from this. All right. All right, fine. You know what? Actually, come with me. Come along. Yeah, sure. Yeah, Let's just talk. get in the... Get in the car with a strange man you barely know. To go somewhere you have no idea. This is great instincts, by the way. Whatever, I can take you. Hmm. 
right. So um, we head directly for Steiner's lab. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so how much... How much do you actually know about me? Like, actually know about me, other than I fight monsters? Uh, well, there was the... You told me about the whole master criminal thing. Right. And you're retired from that. Yes. So, and that's all you know about me, just... Uh, you fight monsters, you're co-workers with a wizard and whatever the heck Roxanne is supposed to be. Mm. I believe she is touched by the divine. Alright, sure. You uh, you pal around with the fairies sometimes? On occasion. I mostly hang out with um, a gorgon and I believe she's a rabbit woman? No kidding. Yes. Um, at this point, we're actually at the little entrance, and I've done the shit to open up the gate. But what do you actually really know about me? Uh, what else should I know? Are you, like, are you, uh, possessed by a demon? Or, like... Not to my knowledge. You're a college professor? What are you getting at here? <sighs> well, if you're... See, up until a while ago, I thought I understood myself fairly well. I had him as a man with a more bit of an edge over his uh, counterparts, I would say. And until fairly recently, I thought that that was enough. So, if you want to learn how to fight monsters, this is the perfect time because I have to relearn how to fight monsters. And now, let's get this out of the way. Welcome to my laboratory. Say hello, Gregory. Hello, Gregory. Uh, that's fair. I asked for that. You did, and I'm, I'm quite happy that you did. Ah, sense of humor's coming along nicely, I must say. All right, so... I mean, I'm, I am not at all surprised about the secret lab. You definitely strike me as a secret lab kind of guy. Wasn't expecting this smart house. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a level with you on that one. Yes, that was sort of a happy accident. Oh, man, I just had an idea that I... Um, did you ever play Prey 2016? I've been watching Poppins' Let's Play of it. How far in is he? <laughs> He's done the like failure state ending where he takes the escape pod okay so do you remember the room where the scientists were trying to figure out the mimics I mean, which one the one with all oh, the, the, one with the, the one with the fucking post-it notes everywhere yeah yes. I want to imagine like that's going on a little bit not a mimic not a mimic not a mimic All right. Yeah. Alyssa will walk in and pick up one of the post-it notes and it's like, do I need to be concerned about this? No, I was in a bit of a fugue state. So apparently mimics exist. I learned that a couple of days ago. Uh, Displacer Beast as well. Apparently a number of D&D monsters take inspiration from real life. Huh. Yes. Uh, all right. I believe it. 
So I have thoroughly checked for mimics, and nothing in here is a mimic. At least it wasn't when I left. Nothing has changed since you left, Edwin. Thank you, Gregory. I can assure you that no new life forms have entered, except for the two of you. So unless one of you is a mimic, the lab is secure. Oh, that reminds me. Um, Alyssa, Gregory, Gregory, Alyssa. Gregory is an AI that I created accidentally out of Golem Tech. Cool. Yes. I can dig it. Magic technology. I am down for it. All right. So, which um, speak of brings us to why we are here. So, as of uh, last hunt during the old uh, Displays of Beast thing, we just barely escaped from the DHEA by the skin of our teeth, and it has come abundantly clear to me that they are upping their game, and in turn, so shall I. So, normal super science arm isn't going to cut it anymore. I have to get a little weird with it. So, okay. You are here because if you want to fight, this is also going to be the best way you can. We are going to sit down and crack this magic thing wide open. Incidentally, how much free time do you have? I am on summer vacation and I am unemployed. So I have all the time in the world right now. Fantastic. Come with, uh, come help me lift a couple of crates, boxes, do whatever. Um, this is all the magic tech I currently, uh, the golem tech that I am currently in possession from the Feywilds, uh, in possession of from the Feywilds. We're going to sit down and really figure out how this stuff works and how we can incorporate it into science. Okay. Uh, I don't know how useful I'm going to be at the start, but I am here for all of it. Well, you know, um, I mean, you may not have as much of a handle on, well, regular old super science as I do, but any outside perspective, you know, three heads are better than none out of that. Uh, Gregory, I do expect your help with this as well. I am happy and excited to help. Right. And so, um, let's see, this piece here is, um, animation of the golem this is power i used part of this to create um a sort of lightning gun cannon thing into my arm okay sure could you make like a better lightning gun by making it bigger (sighs) probably but for right now i'm happy with what i've got i want to pull this apart and figure out exactly how all of this works and then put it back together. That is what we are going to be doing. Are you excited? I am extremely excited. Uh, I'm extremely excited for all of this. I am also highly excited for this project. And Steiner cracks his knuckle and says, then let's get to it. (laughs) And I imagine there's like, um, a montage over a, like a week or so. Yeah. The, the three of you pulling things apart, you uh, bouncing messages into the fucking winter court to get to like get copies of manuals, mm-hmm. textbooks that the, the scientists have laying around. Yeah. Um, 
a lot of engineering and a lot of machining stuff. And basically at the end of it all, Steiner has constructed himself. Um, I mean, it's still the same two armor, but it's now a much nicer set of armor that can retract underneath his clothes. And it looks like a proper, not a full set of armor, but it looks, um, God, what is the imagery I'm going for here? Like Joe Dirt Iron Man? No, not Joe Dirt specifically. Like, like working class Iron Man, I guess. I can see it. So it's so previously your armor was just this like reactive film. Carbon mesh you had a, stuff. Yeah, yeah, you had against you had directly against your skin. So is this more like explicitly armor? I mean, they still have the reactive mesh, but this is more like. When I'm actually like in shit kicker mode, this will come out and just build itself over top my own armor. It just looks cooler. There's, there's an aesthetic difference, and that's all. Gameplay wise, it's just an aesthetic difference, but like physically, in God, I guess in lore is the is this is a slightly more improved and better suit of armor. Yeah, and you know it'll it'll enhance your fighting capabilities. You can. You can throw in some of the like kinetic energy storage devices that you have built into Emery's leg. It's in got it. um, it's got uh, toolkits and all kinds of little gadgets and gear built into it. Got a fucking Omni tool in your arm. Like if um, okay, there's a bit of a stretch uh, since you said fucking Omni tool. Ah, uh, you remember the like? Uh, this is like weird but like ben 10 had the omnitrix yeah yeah now ben 10 like um had colonel campbell playing his ben's granddad who was a plumber who just sort of had super science yeah. bullshit yeah yeah so yeah. like yeah like iron man if he was like a plumber but also a Got real it. plumber like yeah i i am here for this aesthetic i'm yes. so glad that chloe is also on board with this reference God, so like it's basically that so I can just wear this under my normal clothes and it just like unfolds it like there's like some sort of magic compression bullshit where it's like unfolds itself. I am mm -hmm. fully super science magic man now. Yeah, I can see it all and it rules. I have also built a laser cannon, which I'm going to say is hand and I can it folds up with the armor. Actually, that would be awesome. I've decided this just now. Okay, like a Mega Man gun kind of deal. Well, like it's it's a gun gun, but yeah, I mean, I have a gun in my arm already. We don't need to do it again. <laughs> okay, so it is a discrete object. We can build it also into the arm, or no, I actually want it to be a discrete object in case I need to pass it off. Okay. Uh, but that's the tags on this are two harm, far, quiet, and batteries. And batteries is just basically reload. It is reload, but for energy weapons. Right. Uh, I also have a stun ray pistol, which is going to be just like a little handheld thing that I can just whip out very quickly. Actually, I want to say it's like like the Derringer, Derringers from Django. You know. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can just pop that shit out. It has zero harm, close, and sedate. Got and then and this is the actual wording of the 
gear description. Uh, I have toolkits containing everything you need for your normal science, engineering, and analysis tasks. And this is in addition to all my previous gear because I have just class changed into the action scientist. Yep. So, my new stat spread, uh, zero charm, down from two charm, it's less charming now, because gameplay, that works. One cool, two sharp, minus one tough, uh, don't worry about that, I'll get to that, and two weird. Now, my basic move as the action scientist is called science exclamation point description of you may create gadgets or weapons to help you in your investigations tell the keeper what you want the device to be capable of the keeper will pick some of these options it needs to have it needs some rare or weird components won't be very reliable it will take a long time to build relative to the current time current mysteries time frame it requires an enormous amount of power it requires a successful use magic as part of construction it won't work exactly like you wanted. It will cost a lot of money, or you'll need some help building it. After the keeper of pitch pick has picked which it is, you may substitute one for a different option of your own choice. You can then build the device whether whenever you satisfy the requirements. So basically, I can. It's basically a better version of the fabrication from the lab. It's a, it, it is a more portable, but more difficult version of the fabrication workshop. Right. I have also, of course, I keep my laboratory from the science, from the mad scientist playbook. Yeah. There's no good goddamn way I was going to take that from you. Yeah, I also keep destructive genius and I can make you stronger. I dropped, you look familiar because I, that came up like once and it wasn't even that, well, Eh, it was a little bit useful, but it was a lot of bullshitting just to get a knife. My two new moves are one, two-fisted science, which isn't really new. It's just I kept that one. Uh, I roll sharp to kick some ass instead of tough. And, and this is the really interesting one. Oh, I also keep invincible. Um, this is called the Doors of Perception. By using advanced psychological pharmacological, or mental interface techniques, you may use magic with sharp instead of weird. You may choose one of these additional effects. Communicate with something, communicate with someone or something that you cannot communicate with by normal means. Analyze a clue allowing you to investigate a mystery in any way that you would not be normally able to do so. Give a hunter, including yourself, plus one to a rating for the remainder of mis the mystery, maximum plus three. So I can do fucking magic now, kids. Yeah, science magic. And to be clear for the folks at home, this is a use magic skill similar to the Spookies Hex, where you just, you can do use magic and you have additional options. And because I have to point this out because I don't even know how this ended up, is I use, I do science with weird and I do magic with sharp now. Look, you're a magical scientist. Wires are gonna get crossed. It's fine. It's mm -hmm. fine. But, so, yeah, Steiner can now do a lot more. And in addition to everything you previously could do, he's a little more rough and tumble, done some video, and he's got some enhancements that allow him to work a little harder, despite being a nearly 50 year old man. 
yeah. Steiner is just straight up more powerful now. Mm -hmm. Please stop praying for my grandpa. Uh, and I, of course, also keep the, all the gear that I previously had, which is the atomic chainsaw, the syringe, the electroblaster, and the drone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, all right, so at the end of this montage, we've got... I've just got all this cool new kit, and I'm just testing it out. Uh, right now, I am uh, trying to... Because this was, like, part of what inspired Steiner to think, okay, i got to really step up my game. Um is trying to block a door to keep Alyssa from coming through it with magic. Huh. All right. Yeah, go ahead, I guess, and roll me use magic to bar a place or portal to a type of person or creature. Forget the cool. exact word on that. Well, sharp, actually. Ten. Good. I take it as a good sign. <laughs> First roll, and it's not even a glitch. Nice on. Yeah, you can, I don't know, bar the doorway between the, like, living space and the kitchen. And as she try and walks through it, she bops her nose and stumbles back and says, Okay, yeah, all right, that that's functional now. Aha! Excellent. So, so let me ask you, out of character. Mm-hmm. How does how are you doing magic? Like what what are you doing to interface with this force of nature and manipulate it? All right, so basically what I envisioned is that I've created a proper fusion of science and magic and I have basically created little gadgets built into my armor that, that let me do this stuff. Like when I'm barring a door, certain bits of my armor light up and I have to make I don't know a hand gesture. And it's basically I've shortcutted magic. Yeah, you've got a bunch of like circles etched into your uh, into your armor that when you like put your arms together in a certain way, it completes them, and that just auto casts the spell. I just realized I'm doing some Doctor Doom shit, basically. <laughs> yeah, but that's basically where I'm going at. All right. So I'm actually going to cut this scene in half. Cool. And we're going to we're going to come back and like swing around to a more Alyssa focused thing for the, for your for your other event. Okay. So, who's next, motherfuckers? I guess I'll go next. All right, your thing or my thing? I'll do my thing first. Okay, sure. All right, so uh, I'm gonna—I'm basically hanging out at the um, apartment building, and I go up to Lolo and I go, "Hey, do you know a good place to get a tattoo around here?" All right, so I'm gonna walk this back a little bit. Lolo ain't here at the moment. Oh, okay. <laughs> As you pull up into the apartment, uh, Imani is tucked into the corner of the sort of main social space. She's got okay. her laptop running. All right. I'll go up to her and I'm like, so uh, what's going on? Mm. You in a bad headspace right now? Mm. 
Need me to find Lolo? Do me a favor and roll me plus sharp. Okay. That's an 11. That's 11, right on. So, you can tell she looks physically unwell. Like, her her skin is ashy. She smells like she hasn't bathed in a while. Her hair is kind of caked and oily. Her eyes are mostly closed, but when they, like, flutter open briefly, they are bloodshot. They're bloodshot in that same, like, bright apple green that they are when she's doing her magic. And mm-hmm. she's, like, half nodding off. All right. I'm going to immediately call Lolo because I'm assuming since we are now dating, she would have given me her phone number. And I would have been like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm going to call her real quick and I'm going to be like, uh, Lolo, Amani looks not great. No, not great. How? Um, I described what I see. Oh, God damn it. Is she, is she plugged in right now? Uh, yeah, she is. Oh, fuck. Okay. I know what's happening. Yeah, I'll be right there. Alright, cool. Until, until Lolo arrives, I will stay with Imani just to make sure, like, nothing super bad happens. Yep. And, like, she gets there in, like, five minutes and she comes sprinting out of the stairwell and she's out of breath. And she comes over the corner where the two of you are and then when she gets close, she starts shouting at Imani and saying, God fucking i left you here 48 hours ago in exactly the same position how oh my god you mm, god damn it and then she walks up and she grabs the usb cable that's in imani's mouth and imani's eyes flutter open and she glares at lolo lolo says you have until the end of my next sentence to finish whatever thought you're on before i unplug you and i know that's enough time because I know how fast you think when you're doing this. And at that moment, she unplugs her, and Amani, like, lurches, like, almost falls out of her chair, but Lolo catches her. I was gonna say I was gonna help catch her as well, yeah. Yeah. And then Lolo pulls Amani to her feet and starts, like, shoving her towards the elevator and says, all right, bitch, we are getting you clean. That is step one. Let's go. Let's go. You're cleansing your awful flesh. Come on. Going to the car wash. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody get the hose. And so they are herded into the elevator and like they are moving at a slow enough pace because Imani is bigger than Lolo. Just covered in internet crust. So you can follow along if you'd like. Yeah, I'll follow along. All right. Once you're all piled into the elevator, Lolo hits the, a button for an upper floor and you go up and it's one of the floors that have apartments that are still apartments. The walls haven't mm-hmm. been knocked out to make a big space. And Imani is herded into a room and then into a, a bathroom. And at that point, the door is kicked closed in front of you. I, I, no, I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have followed that far. Trust me, like I, I would have given them the privacy. <laughs> all right. And you can hear a uh, a shower start up and more like hollering and cajoling. And then eventually Lolo comes out of the bathroom and she's soaked up to her elbows. She says, all right. So she's going to clean herself. We'll just have to wait till she's ready. All right. Uh, would 
like going out into the world help with this at all because i i kind of wanted to do something and i was actually on my way here to ask you if you like knew a good place and you wanted to come along yeah no she um she needs food and i so she definitely needs food because i she hasn't fucking eaten in 48 hours and i know that for a fact oh yeah uh, okay yeah she needs to get food in her and enough food that she can take her meds and honestly like getting out and forcing her brain to be active in a non-magical space will be will help her get through this faster all right well uh in that case do you know good place to get a tattoo i know several what are you looking for preferably somebody who knows about the weird stuff because if i'm gonna be sitting there without a shirt on for seven hours in one sitting i'd prefer to be able to talk freely yeah i got a i got a guy all right cool hey um you uh the uh fuck the guy she's doing that project for that she's because she's helping you but she's also helping someone else with the same project yeah 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 yeah, uh, do you have his number? Uh, yeah, sure. Cool, hand over your phone. I hand the phone over. <laughs> she takes it, and Steiner, you get a phone call from Grant's number. Uh, hello, Mr. Harrison, what do you need today? Uh, not Grant, but I'm borrowing his phone. Did you kill him? <laughs> you know what? It's, it's, I am considering it sometimes, but uh, it's, it's real low down on my list. Okay, so you're his friend. Yeah. <laughs> that's how that is the bar for being Grant's friend. Look, that, no, that's just, that's how all your friends feel about you. <laughs> well, what can I do for you today, Miss? Uh, Lolo. Lolo. So, uh, Imani, she's helping you out with some sort of code breaking project that's correct um is is she all right no she's uh i don't know if she ever told you this but she's got i mean we haven't gotten a professional diagnosis because we don't have the money for that but we're pretty sure it's like a manic depressive bipolar disorder ah um, yeah and she, and she's well into a manic episode right now. We need to pull her out before it gets really bad. So she's not going to be able to work on it for a while. Do you have like an email address or something that I can send you all her work? Uh, let me f- let me fire something up. Um, one moment here. Gregory. Yes, sir. Can you set up a burner ac- email account for me in one more uh, in a moment? I will require an internet connection to do so. Right. Um, do that. Oh, okay. I will do that. <laughs> okay. Just a second. Yeah, so a couple minutes pass, and you get some, you get an email address that's just a bunch of, that's a garbage name. Oh, by the way, what's the, when is this taking place? Uh, part, let's say partway through your, your montage. Okay, um, I'm letting Gregory have a little bit of the internet access. Gregory can have a little li- a li- little uh, internet as a treat. <laughs> I had to force my brain to say it like that. It's very hard. 
training wheels. Uh, so yeah, so you can uh, you get your burner account. Let me see. What did he name this? It's it's it's, it's butts at ed- farts. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sure. No, I would immediately tell Edwin Rules twenty twelve at hotmail dot com. Like set up like a actual email server is basically. No, I know it's Edwin at Greg Rules. <laughs> okay, <laughs> sure. Ah, uh, all right, I'm back. Uh, let's see. The email address is Gregory at. Uh, really? Uh, at it is Edwin at gregrules.com. All right, sure. I'll. Uh, all right. Expect an email from Imani's account shortly. All right. Um, anything else? Uh, nah, just, uh... Oh, God, Gregory Rules not okay. <laughs> oh, no. That's now canon. <laughs> oh. I love my friends. That someone does. So she hangs up on you, and then... Grant, she says, uh, I'm gonna go back downstairs and get that email sent out. I'll be right back. All right. I'll stay up here and make sure Armani doesn't do something drastic. If I hear bad stuff happening in there, I... She's not going to, like, hurt herself or anything. She just might, like, zone out now that I've unplugged her. Okay, but fair enough. It it tends to trigger the depressive swing early, which is good because her brain chemistry can't start equalizing itself until that starts. All right. But... Yeah, it's uh, it's not going to be great. So then yeah. she goes downstairs and is gone for a while, and eventually you hear the uh, the shower squeak off, and uh, you hear some shuffling. And right around the time Lolo gets back upstairs, I will turn around and not face the door just in case. Yeah, no. Right, right around the time Lolo gets back upstairs, the the shower is opened, and Lolo makes a sarcastic comment of. Oh, look at you. You dressed yourself. I'm so proud of you. Oh, okay. She's like, (laughs) fuck off. And Steiner, you get an email that's uh, just like a whole bunch of number and letter strings. Hmm. Uh, Gregory, I assume this makes some sort of sense to you. Is this consistent with the work that we have been doing thus far? I can continue to work on it. Excellent. So glad as this is corrupted. I believe that with my extended internet privileges, I may be able to make further progress. Stay in the shallows like we discussed. I will. Yeah, so uh, so Imani is dressed and she looks like she's running at about 30% right now, but she is clean and upright. I've had those days. All right, so... Let's go get some food. Uh, should we get, like, really shitty bad-for-you food or, like, actually good food? Uh, she needs a whole lot of calories, but also nutrients. How do you feel about deep-fried vegetables and red meat? Uh, I feel very good about that, actually. But then uh, that's, what, that's what we're going to go do. Excellent. So you go to a restaurant that... I didn't bother to come up with a name for. But Damn it, I was going to go to their website. And <laughs> no. 
Scottish O'Malley's House of Frying. <laughs> yeah, it's the the entire menu is just combinations of various deep fried vegetables and various renderings of red meat. I think I Hell, learned yes. on the internet is that Scottish people just fucking fry anything. <laughs> they actually surpass Americans in that aspect. I mean, I'm pretty sure you just described famous Dave's. <laughs> so I've seen them deep fry a euro. Also, I'm aware that O'Malley's is an Irish name. That's the joke. All right. Yeah. So it's even after a, you know a, a ton of food is shoved in Imani's mouth, and uh, she is made to hydrate copiously partway through the meal. Lolo fishes out a bottle of pills from her purse and forces Imani to swallow it down. Okay. I mean, just a normal day for them, I guess. Like, I'm not, I'm I'm just along for the ride at this point. Like, I'm trying to learn how to handle this, just in case like, you know, one of them isn't around and, you know, I have to deal with it myself. Bathe her and feed her fried meats, the perfect girlfriend. I know, right? (laughs) God, I want that. Uh, Chloe, might I introduce you to uh, the wonderful world of uh, more allegiance? <laughs> Don't even get started. <laughs> no, but also tell me more. I'm going to buy like a physical <laughs> alarm that I just hit every stuck reference. I swear. I'm looking forward to it. Hold on, I've got just the button for you. That was easy. God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm slightly distressed that you have that on. <laughs> uh, so after uh, after lunch is had, Lolo leads mm-hmm. the two of you to a tattoo parlor called The Invisible Ink. Oh, nice. I love the name. Is it ink with a K or with like with a C? With a K. Mm, okay. Yeah, so at, when the when the three of you come in, Lola shouts, Hey, Jaden, I got a boy for you. And there's this, uh, there's, there's a woman behind the counter. She's she's just sort of like tapping around on a computer. And as she mm-hmm. is hollered at, she sits up. And she's like, oh, all right, cool. Hey, Lola, what's up? What's uh, What you got? I say, uh, hey, uh, my name's Grant, and I'm here to get... Uh, it's going to take a while, not going to lie. And then I pull up a... Um, a reference picture because uh, basically I'm going to describe this for people who aren't familiar with Discworld, but uh, Grant is going to be getting a tattoo of a flat planet on the backs of four elephants, which are themselves standing on the back of a giant turtle flying through space. And uh, he also, there's also going to be some um, banners on the uh, top and bottom of it. And uh, they're going to say, we must care for if we do not care, we do not exist. Which is a quote from Death in... You said it was Reaper Man. It was Reaper Man. I was trying to think of a specific book from Reaper Man that Grant, that would have really resonated with Grant when he first read it. All right. So Jaden will look at that and then look at you and then look at that and then look at you. She will call you a fucking nerd, but it's actually pretty cool. So yeah. All right. Um, and then Grant, like, indicates where he wants it. So what where he's going to be getting it is, like, on his waist, on the, um, 
right-hand side. So this is going to be one where he's going to have to take off his shirt for the entire time. Because like hell, he's going to be holding up his shirt for seven hours. Yeah. Yep. And uh, I don't think I've ever described Grant's other tattoos outside of just being like the fucking anarchy symbol on his like upper left uh, chest part. But also on his... um. Ah, uh, yes, that hu- that part of human anatomy, the chest yes, part. The chest part, yeah. <laughs> pectoral is a word. Pe- yes, pectoral. And then also on his left shoulder is a um rather detailed uh bull because he was born near the uh, bull. Huh. I All had right. to look that up, but <laughs> but the Chinese zodiac was in '85. So, yeah, the price tag is going to be in the triple digits. But uh, yeah, I figured as much. You've got monster hunting money. Yep. You can settle in. I don't know if sedatives are a thing you can get offered for tattoos. Not really, but also, one, Grant has had two tattoos before, and two, neither of the tattoos he has gotten has hurt more than almost dying four times. I mean, that's fair. I can <laughs> say from experience... I can, I can speak from IRL personal experience that you're like relationship with pain can get warped by experiencing large amounts of it <laughs> so yeah he so like if anything he's just gonna like he barely even feels it as when she starts so in fact you don't actually get more resilient to pain you actually get less as your body is trying to tell you stop doing this it hurts you dumbass hmm <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, the the shit that hurts me doesn't hurt any less. I just, like, don't react to it very much because it's, yeah. you know, it doesn't compare it to that one thing. Yeah. So I, I don't really care. Like, Grant nearly electrocuted himself to death, and then also, like, the branding was apparently even more painful than that. So, yeah, he getting a tattoo is basically, like, you know, a three when those other two were, like, a twelve. Alright, well, the the branding itself wasn't actually that painful. It was having 16 years shaved off of your lifespan. Oh, okay. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. So, uh... So what do you do in the... I mean, you're estimating seven hours, so what all do yeah, you do in the... I mean... Fucking Imani, like, sits there kind of sullenly in one of the, like couches that's in the area and Lolo keeps like poking her and if it seems like Gimani's ever like losing consciousness Lolo gives her a little zap just to like mm-hmm. keep her Wake up. aware yeah it's it's real gentle but it's like just yeah. enough to keep her conscious basically I'm gonna shoot the shit with uh with my what would Amani technically be my girlfriend, or is this just like, or is it just like a thing where you know it's my the friend of my girlfriend? Because I don't like I know they said they're package deal, but I didn't know if that meant technically also Amani. It's a metamorph situation. Okay, so I'm gonna basically talk to I'm gonna shoot the shit with my girlfriend, my Amani, my Amani. That's just how that's gonna go. That sentence is gonna go. My Amani and uh, the tattoo artist. And, actually gonna ask the tattoo artist uh, how she got, how she figured out about the weird shit. I was born to it. My dad did it. Oh, cool. Um, But you're not like a gremlin or a revenant or anything? Nah, nah. Dad was human. Mom was human. Dad was a wizard. And so I I, I pawned up breaking into his workshop one day and uh, <laughs> sort of couldn't keep the lid on it after that. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of hard to 
put the cork in that particular bottle once, like, you've walked into the workshop. Which is why I never kept any of my workshops around where my parents were. Still, still haven't told them about that. Uh, I take it they haven't seen the facial scars. Uh, not yet, no. Alright. That's, sure. that's gonna be... You know, I've I've been considering for telling them for a while anyway, and you know, well, I guess next time I see them, gonna gonna have to tell them to sit down a little bit. <laughs> Assuming they aren't already falling on their asses from you getting what looks like a tattoo on your face. Uh, yeah, you know, this first one I point to the uh, anarchy symbol. Like I had to hide that for like six months until I found my own place. My mom would have killed me if she figured out I got that sooner than I did. Than I told her. Oh, so, you, so you're just dead then? Like you're you're a dead man. <laughs> oh, I'm, right I'm now. just a, I'm, in more ways than one. Yes. Okay. Cool. <laughs> Why do you think I get tattoos like every other year? I'm uh. I am glad to have a corpse to practice my canvassing on, Ben. <laughs> Thank you for donating your body to the arts. You're welcome. I like you. I like you a lot. So yeah, that's, that's basically it. And then, like, also talking to Lolo, also talking to Amani, like, trying to force her to, uh, to interact every once in a while just to help out up to you if she responds back or not but like Grant will at least make the attempt every once in a while you you get nothing but like guttural noises from her but at the point where you start to look like you're just gonna give up on it Lolo gives gives you a look that says no keep doing that it's good for her okay so yeah I'll, I'll keep doing it just like swap talking between the the uh, tattoo artist Amani and Lolo <laughs> and it's gonna be a long like I, I googled how long an intricate tattoo like that takes and they said like if you want to do it all in one sitting it'll take like between five and eight hours so that's why yeah. I said seven so uh at some point Lolo takes Imani to go get just like st- some quick snacks mm-hmm. just need to keep putting calories into her manic states are made all the worse by interfacing with magic so she needs to just have a whole bunch of extra calories pumped into her or shit's going to get bad. Okay. But but they're only gone for like 10, 15 minutes before they're back. Yeah, I've, I figured like they wouldn't be standing sitting around the whole time. Like, I'm not going to keep them hostage, but like it's good. It's good company. Yeah, no, they're I mean, Lolo's here to be on a date with you and mm-hmm. Imani is here because she needs to be fucking managed for the time being. Yes. But yeah, and then once it's done, um, I I look at Jaden and I go, so like, can I use magic to make to make this heal faster, or sh- is that a no-no with tattoos? I already did that. Were you not paying attention? No, I was not actually. Wow, thank you. Yeah, no, you're good. It's it's already set. All right. It was uh, it was nice being drawn on by you, and I shake her hand. Yeah, she shakes your hand back. <laughs> All right. Um. Nice. And I say, if I if I decide to get another one while I'm here, I'm definitely coming back. Yeah, right on. I will look forward to it. Try not to get murdered by your parents before then. Oh. <laughs> uh, all right. Later. 
then I will put the shirt back on and uh, walk out with Amani and Lolo. All right. So at this point, it's definitely dinner time. So you all can yep. get another big heavy dinner. You go for like you hit up one of the uh, one of LA's like peak ramen joints. Yes. You get you get some real heavy shit. Mm-hmm. Nice. Very nice. Two big meals in a day. Oh God. Grant's gonna sleep good tonight. Grant is gonna sleep very good tonight. And as as we're walking along, I'll say I'll uh, say thank you both of you you for uh, for for hanging out with me. It makes makes time go by a lot faster. Yeah, no, it's great. It's, All right. uh, it's good hanging out with you. Thank you. And what was it that you said that you weren't contemplating doing yet when you were talking to Steiner? What? On the phone earlier? You said that you, you weren't considering it quite yet or something like that? Oh, killing you. Oh, yes. Thank you. That's actually the highest compliment I can receive. Oh. <laughs> You're <I> welcome. Just... <laughs> nice to know that my girlfriend does not want to kill me. Uh, it's more than some people yes. can say. <laughs> and then, uh, because Gran is a slow-ass motherfucker when it comes to this sort of stuff, no, there is no kissing involved. Like, it, it takes a while. That's fine. Yeah. And I, I think I'm done. So if we want to go to Chloe. Unless All you right, have something sure. else. All right. Yep. No. All right. Um, you, uh, the, the three of you head back to the apartment building. And Imani is herded up into the that same apartment room that you all went into before. And Lolo says that she's basically going to be here for an extended period, just making sure that she, you know, eats and bathes and drinks fluids mm-hmm. uh, until she's until her brain chemistry levels out and she can start taking care of herself again. Make sure she takes all of her meds. All right. Uh, he will hug her though. Let's let's go with that. He will hug her at least. Yeah, hugs are nice. All right. So now, Roxanne, Chloe. Yes. Clocksanne. I believe we are doing your thing first. Yeah, that would make sense. So, tell me about this thing you have planned. So, basically entirely since since she managed to herd Grant out of her apartment after the last hunt, Roxanne has been cleaning and baby kitten-proofing as much as possible her apartment. Displacer kitten-proofing her apartment. Yep. And buying up ingredients because she wants to host a dinner so that Carrie can actually meet Grant in a, you know, hey, come meet my family that lives here kind of thing. This time without learning, you know, uh, worldview-shattering secrets about reality. Meet my brother when emotions aren't through the roof. <laughs> meet my brother when he is when is every, everything is actually fine. Come meet my brother. Yeah. All right, so how do you approach this? Like, who do you call first? Probably 
they probably grant first just to make sure that he's not doing his weird doing something else first and to make sure he's cool with it and then coin care uh, no I feel like that yeah I feel like that's the correct order yeah probably grant first so like ring ring telephone yeah I answer it yellow hey uh grant remember that whole tobacco with me you know, accidentally teleporting my girlfriend into a uh, into the bathroom of uh, headquarters. Yeah. Or yeah. Um, I was thinking I might like cook and host like a real meet and greet, so you know she could meet my brother. Yeah, Are sure. you down to come? Yeah. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. Okay. I'm just gonna. I wanted to make sure you were cool with it first, because like, no, this sounds great. I can show you my new tattoo. Oh, you got a? How many tattoos do you have? Never mind. Three. I'll figure this out later. That is one more than I was expecting, honestly. <laughs> well, four if you want to count the facial branding, which I don't. No, oh, I've seen that one. Yeah, I think everybody's seen that one there now. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna. Call Carrie then. Um, Carrie hasn't seen that one. Oh God! You know what? Save that conversation for in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Are you free? Like, I'm just gonna say a random day, so like Wednesday or something. Yeah, it's fine. Oh, I also have something I should probably tell you, probably better in person. So I'll tell you when I I'll go over there a little bit early and fill you in on it. Are you dying? No. Are you going to die? I mean, everyone does eventually, but not as far as I can tell, no. Are you going to kill somebody? No. Okay. It doesn't have anything to do with dying. Then I'm fine. Okay. Alright, I'll see you when you get here. You don't have to dress too nice. I'm not making that nice of food. Okay. I wasn't planning (laughs) on it anyway. Do you own anything other than um, that vest and several shirts and pants? Shit, no I don't. I should probably get some nice clothes. I'm going to trust you. (laughs) And here we see Roxanne Harrison's first mistake. (laughs) Nah, Grant. Grant would be able to choose something that is appropriate for the level of food that uh, Roxanne is making, so. It's just a nice you, little dinner. It's you, not fucking. You don't not... dress based on the fucking menu. You dress based on the occasion. She said, <laughs> you weirdos. She literally just said that she doesn't need to. It doesn't need to be too fancy. So, like, you know, Grant would show up in a shirt that doesn't have paint all over it. It's an informal dinner with informal food. Yes. <laughs> Right. The most informal of fucking uh, cornbread, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so that's phone call one. Uh, time to make phone call two. Ring, ring. Yeah. Hey, Roxanne, what's up? Hey, are you free this Wednesday? What time? 
I got stuff in the morning. Just Wednesday evening, like five or six-ish? Yeah, I'm free. So, um, I was thinking, since you've technically met my brother before, and that wasn't maybe the best introduction, I was thinking I was going to make dinner, and I was wondering if you wanted to come, and I invited Grant... If you'd like to meet him, you know, meet the family I have here in, you know, SoCal. Oh man, I'd just, I'd show up just to eat a cute girl's cooking. I don't need any other excuses. <laughs> okay. There are two things I need to tell you though. Uh-huh. He's got a weird thing on his face now. Like a, <sighs> it's like a scar. I just don't want you to be surprised by it. Okay. Did he? Did he get hurt on one of your jobs? Uh, it's more like he got hurt doing something really stupid. He's fine, okay. though. Like, he's fine. It's like a magic thing, but I didn't want you to be uh, surprised by it. Uh, the other thing, um, do you know what a, disp- what a displacer beast is? I haven't the foggiest. It's like a cat. Also, I have a cat now. Okay. It is a magic cat. I, I, All right. I, I kind of had to adopt it. Is it cute? Yes, it has six legs. So therefore it has six cute little paws. Also, it's got these little tentacle things and they are kind of sharp, but they're like kitten teeth sharp. It is very young. Okay. Am I in any danger of it? No, 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 no. All right. So there's no problems then. No, it's just a weird kitten. Okay. I am excited to meet your new weird kitten. Awesome. Okay, cool. This was way smoother than I told myself it was going to be in my head. Um, I'm going to go get some shopping done. I'll uh, text you later. Yeah, I'll uh, see you Wednesday. Awesome. Hopefully we'll talk before that. All right, bye. Bye. And then we do a clock wipe. And it's Wednesday evening. Oh, fuck. I didn't do any shopping. Oh, no. <laughs> we just get home and it's like a it's this doubtfire situation where you've just like ordered Chinese takeout and put it on some very fancy plates. No, have you ever watched Community? No. There's a scene in Community. (laughs) Fire. Oh, 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 that scene. Oh, that, that, yeah, okay, I've seen the memes, yes. (laughs) Yeah, just gonna post this gif anyway for... (laughs) Fucking Carrie walks in and rocks in and says, All right, so tonight we're having steamed hams. (laughs) Mmm, steamed hams. (laughs) <laughs> we're not we're not from upstate New York though. We're from downstate New York. Oh no. She doesn't know that. <laughs> uh, Alright. So Grant, you said you were going to show up early. Yeah, so I'm gonna show up early and I'm gonna go So uh and I go, so uh Roxanne. I, I said I had a thing I needed to tell you, right? Remember that? Yeah, the thing that is you are not dying, you are yeah. not going to be killed, you're not going to kill anybody. Yeah, um, so, 
Remember Amalia? Oh, that cute girl that you were dating. Yeah. Yeah, remember how whenever anybody brings her up, I just tell them to drop it and don't give a reason why we're not together anymore? Yeah? Well, I kind of remember that I can tell you this now. She was an elf. Wait, what? Yeah. And the reason we're not together anymore, can you guess? Because you're a shit? She went home? No. No, she she went the opposite of home. She died. No. That probably, honestly, would have been preferable. The DHEA has her. Yes, the DHEA has her. Oh. Okay. That's, that's why I just... Okay. So cheerful as you're telling this. That's why I. That's why I told people to just drop it. And I didn't want to think of a bullshit lie that would have disrespected her. And you know. Okay. Yeah. Well, I figured you you deserve to know. Like I I would have told you sooner if I had remembered that. Like I could have talked to you about this weird shit. I'm just so used to shutting down that sort of stuff that like I didn't. This was it not an hard upper- keeping the many lies of Grant Harrison straight. I understand. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Anyway, that was it. That's 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 that whole thing. I figured you deserve to know. Yeah, that's kind of a downer, but um. Yeah, yeah. No, we're gonna we're gonna have a good time though. There, it's gonna be great. Yeah. Your girlfriend won't get kidnapped by the go- government and. Oh my about- god, Grant! What? Don't even joke. I'm, just, I'm not. Like, what? She's she's normal, right? She's not like a. She's, unless, unless she's not normal. Did you? Did you accidentally start dating an elf too? I don't think so. Okay. Any anyway, <laughs> I'm gonna check on this cornbread. It smells good. Yeah, I'd hope so. <laughs> <laughs> and then shortly afterwards, Carrie shows up. Oh, um, hi, hi! Welcome to my apartment that you've been to before. Uh, my newly cleaned apartment. Yeah, yeah, there's only like seven things on the floor. It's nice to enter in through the front door this time. <laughs> I deserve that. Look, the, the the getting here was fine. It's the leaving that I maybe had some problems with. I'll have you know I'm a lot better at that than I used to be. I'm not saying that we should try it again. I'm just saying I'm much better at it. Yeah, she, she got... Well, I, I don't want you to worry, but let's just say... She did it three times in a row very well. I'm proud of you. It was very cool. I saved the day. Let's drop that subject. <laughs> okay. I'm going to, uh, by the way, real introductions now. Carrie, this is my brother, Grant. Grant, this is Carrie. I'm going to go find out the little, where the little devil that I adopted is at. You need to name her or him. I don't know. Is it a boy or is it a girl? That's a good question, Grant. Carrie looks thoughtful and says, how do you sex a displacer beast? I assume it's the same way you do with a cat. Yeah. It's, or like it's, a, it's a, lot. a panther. Have you tried yeah. asking it nicely? <laughs> Thank you, Abe. I was waiting for Excuse me. That. What is your gender? What are your pronouns? Tiny I mean, I, 
I could. I technically could ask the kitten its pronouns. I have a. I have magic. I could be. I could share a language with it temporarily. Animals don't have languages. <laughs> Maybe Steiner would be able to do it actually with his uh, with his doors of perception move. Communicate with someone or something that you cannot communicate with by normal means. <laughs> he might actually be able to to fucking Dr. Doolittle this shit. Oh my um, god! <laughs> yeah, so Grant, uh, Carrie shakes your hand, says it's nice to meet you. Yep. Under nice. less chaotic circumstances. Yeah, it's nice to meet you without having to go insane from my sister saying that or that the easy part was trying to ask you out and the hard part was deciding what coffee she wanted. <laughs> She's... She's a bit of a disaster, isn't she? Oh, you have no idea. You know I can hear you, right? I definitely know that I can he- that you can hear me. That's why I'm saying it like that. Hey, hey, hey! It's super cute. I'm not throwing shade. <laughs> I'm throwing a little bit of shade, but hey, that's that's what you're into, so that's fine. Anyways, so you're a wizard, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and your face is fucked up. Yeah, it's, uh... It's... And, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm gonna go out on a limb here, and I'm gonna assume that most of that was before whatever this mark on your face is. Yes. <laughs> that was a good burn. <laughs> no, like... Grant's gonna own up to it, yeah. <laughs> no, she just called Carrie you. Carrie getting uh... into the trash talk early. <laughs> oh my god. And, and, then, and then she like briefly looks a little nervous and says, "I'm sorry. Is it too early for me to be tra- to for me to be doing that?" Everybody does it. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> Roxanne comes out of the bedroom holding. Oh, I still don't have a name for it holding the displacer kitten and says, no, you should definitely keep making fun of my brother. It's actually really cool. Yeah, yeah. no, everybody who's anybody makes fun of me, so go for it. I don't don't give a shit. Alright, well, I guess I don't want to not be anybody. (laughs) Also, once she catches sight of the kitten, she's like, give to me! And she comes over and is making, like, grabby hands. Okay, so it's kind of not exactly where you're thinking it is. Hence the displacer part, but it's pretty close. Okay. Yeah, wait till it gets older. Oh god, we're gonna have to get like a bell for that thing. <laughs> yeah, so she she scoops her up and uh, is just fussing with Tiny Kitten. Tiny Kitten is still a little bit freaked out by people, and so she tries to lash at Carrie's face with her tendrils, but again, it's fucking kitten teeth, so yeah, it honestly kind of tickles a little. It's adorable. We're going to need to, I'm going to need to figure out how to people train you. Just expose it to people a bunch. It's fine. That doesn't yeah. work for Roxanne. Ugh. I mean, actually. <laughs> <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> It kind of has worked for Roxanne. Yo! (laughs) Roxanne doesn't hang out with people. Oh my god. Okay. 
So besides cornbread, what are you serving tonight, Roxanne Harrison? Oh my god. Um, I'm thinking of food and my brain just keeps going, spaghetti, spaghetti, spaghetti. Spaghetti works. Well, when I think cornbread, I think chili. Roxanne will probably make some chili. All right. Yeah, it's good. We're, we're not quite out of the cold the cold season yet, so chili feels good. Chili isn't always good. There's no wrong way to make chili except the ways that are wrong. <laughs> so let me ask you, Roxanne Harrison, do you put beans in your chili? Yes. I don't care. Do either way. I don't like beans and hot dog chili, but whatever. Whatever makes you happy. <laughs> I have let go of this particular argument. <laughs> right I on. love that we have beat Ape into submission. I mean, I'm personally not a big fan of beans, but Roxanne probably puts beans in her chili. Yeah. All right. So yeah, so the, the three of you can tuck into some bowls of chili and cornbread. <laughs> Come over to my house. I'm making cornbread and chili. <laughs> I mean, I would be uh, on your doorstep in 30 minutes if anybody said that to me. <laughs> I'm excited about cornbread and chili. That is a IRL. fast way to. That is a fast drive across the entire country, cat. Ah, uh, I mean, Look, I'll make it happen. I'll, I'll bend space to make it happen. <laughs> I mean, technically, we have cornbread and chili at my house a lot, and it's not that far of a drive. But <laughs> anyways, anyway. So, Grant, how'd you get into this whole wizard shit? Well, uh, I had recently gotten fired from my job, so I was wandering around uh, New York trying to make it look like I was still working there. So that way my mom wouldn't kill me for getting fired. She would have killed him. It's true. It, yeah, no, like, I told, like, I lied and said that I put in my two weeks, and she was like, you march back there and you undo that. And as I was, you know, eating dinner, I was walking along, and I saw a man walk through a wall. Huh. Yeah. Alright, yeah, I guess that's pretty definitive. Yeah, so I I basically strong-harmed him into, make, into teaching me magic. Blackmailed, strong-armed, you know. One of the two. He turned out to be really cool about it, though. Either way. All right. Sure. Yeah. I believe it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And how'd you get into the whole monster hunting, I guess? Monster hunting. They paid extremely well, and it was a way for me to get a lot of money without having to actually, you know, join the real world as it were. Oh, so you're one of those types. Yeah. Was that Tumblr post about <laughs> fighting monsters to avoid doing retail. <laughs> like, you demons! It's this a retail, so guess who's got nothing to lose? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh yeah, I like, listen, between hunting monsters every couple of weeks or doing retail five days a week every week for the rest of my life I'm gonna choose fucking hunting monsters I mean I guess that's valid <sighs> yeah 
I, I didn't exactly get into it for, you know, the best of reasons, but Beat's working at Walmart. Carrie chews on some cornbread for a bit and says, yeah, you know, I guess if there's no ethical consumption under capitalism, then I, then there's maybe a Coleroy of all forms of money making are valid under capitalism. Yeah. No, uh, that's, trust me, no, if that's, I could be- that's invalid because the exploitation of workers is yeah. a way of making money and that's extremely invalid. I'll work on it. I like you. <laughs> Roxanne just has this real goofy looking face, face on her right now. Oh, yeah, that's that's right. Uh, Roxanne, I've uh, I, I meant to sh- show you and then I like lift up a part of my shirt to show off my new tattoo. That's a cool turtle. It's an elephant thing. I I lent you guards guards. Did you not read it? Grant, I you know I can't read. <laughs> that laughing is in character. That's God, I know that. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. Elephant on a turtle in space. I know this one. I know this one. Discworld, right? Uh, yes. Pratchett? Yes, Pratchett. Again, I like you. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I read that back in high school. Yeah, it's really good. Cool. I'm glad somebody gets it. I'm just kidding. It is an extremely nerdy thing. It is. But it's also very good. Well, I'm glad to see that you two can bond over nerd stuff. But yeah, it's like, I lent you guard guard. What the fuck is that? <laughs> Grant is extremely angry that you did not read Guards Guards, which is my favorite book in the series, and therefore Grant's favorite book in the series. Is Guards Guards the one with time travel? No, Guards Guards is the one with dragons. Ah. See, uh... I'm, I must be thinking of Nightwatch then. Nightwatch is the one with time travel. That's my favorite. I think so. Anyway. Anyway. I can't believe that you are getting on my case not about not reading a book about fantasy cops. Like, they're legit the best cop I've ever seen. Like, they're the only good cops. Basically because they're terrible at being cops. You've heard it here first, folks. Grant Harrison says that there are... No, at least two good cops. No, it's because it's fantasy. Like the ah. expensive boot. They, like, there's a fucking, <laughs> there is a fuck, is a fucking fantasy world, which is why good cops can exist. Ah, yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. You are definitely one of those. Yes, I am one of those. Okay. I had to share a room with this. <laughs> My sincerest condolences. Thank you. I'm still recovering. I mean, same, honestly. I don't know how you could possibly recover from yourself, but I wish you all of God's Oh my god, that's not what I meant. <laughs> Although, to be fair, hmm. So the night continues with Grant getting trash-talked from all angles, nerd shit it's being fun. discussed. Roxanne admitting that she actually did read Guards Guards. She's just I knew it. I fucking fucking knew it. I like to imagine that Grant tricked tricked her by like 
pretending not to know a character, and then you're like, no, that's Carrot, and he was like, ah, knew it! Yeah, maybe. Roxanne continuing to be a slightly less awkward than previous dork, and Carrie finding it extremely endearing. <laughs> well, there's somebody for everybody. Hopefully there are some buddies for everybody. Strong saying. Mm-hmm. And the night wears on, and uh, it begins to get into the, I don't know, like 10.30, 11 o'clock hour. Oh, geez. Ah. Uh, Carrie's like, all right, I do in fact have work in the morning, so I cannot be here all night, much as I'd like to be. No, I get it. <sighs> the siren call of capitalism. Hard to resist mm, as it is. The curse we must all bear. It's not so much a siren call as it is a whip hitting you in the back over and over <laughs> until you get in. Is that not what a siren does? <laughs> Well, even sirens are supposed to be enticing. <laughs> Capitalism is this or die, motherfucker. Getting whipped in the back of the head is pretty enticing. <laughs> I mean, if that's what you're into. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I walked into that one. Yeah, so, Grant, it was good meeting you. It's nice meeting you. So, uh, please... Keep your sister safe. Eh, she's capable of keeping herself safe, but I do my best anyway. All right, sure. Let me uh, walk you down to your car. Mm-hmm. Two can head on down to the parking lot. <laughs> so that was fun. Yeah, I was... Uh... She is a colossal nerd. And just yeah. the tiniest bit insufferable. Yeah. But he's my brother and I love him. Don't tell him I said that. <laughs> you two are such a good match for each other. <laughs> yeah, well, it took some, uh, it took a special parent to raise both of us. It took special parents, I should say, actually. I don't know why I said parent. Uh, I can imagine. Uh, I assume eventually they get to the car. Yep. Oh, wow. I just thought about doing something incredibly dorky. <laughs> I'm here for the dork. So something like, uh, when they get to the car, Roxanne, uh, you know, and they're sta both standing around kind of awkwardly. Roxanne does this thing where, like, so don't usually do this, but and she gives Carrie a kiss on the cheek and says, drive safe, okay? She gives you a kiss upon the lips and says, yeah, I'll, uh, I will. You have a good night. Yeah, I'll have a good drive. A um, night. I'll have a good night. Mm-hmm. You, uh, you figure out a name for the kitten by the time we talk next, all right? I'm on it. Night. Night. She gets into her car and drives off. Roxanne stands there like a doofus. Grant, you may have to retrieve your sister at some point. <laughs> I come down and I'm like, God damn it, you should have just kissed her on the lips. Yes, I was spying. Grant, I'm going to kick your ass. <laughs> I'm going to pile drive you. 
into the toilet and give you... What is it called? Oh my god. A swirly. I'm gonna give you a swirly, you nerd. <laughs> of course you know what it is, nerd. And it'll be deserved, you fucking creep. <laughs> anyway, she's she's real good for you. No, you're not out of this. I'm coming up there. <laughs> no, I would I would have had to. I came down to retrieve you. Anyway. Anyway. All right, so. Dr. Steiner. Oh. Hi. So we're, we're coming back to your your invention spree. So as you uh as you've finished putting the touches on your fucking laser cannon, Alyssa is like sitting cross-legged on the floor and she's like, "Okay. So we made all this cool shit for you. So what cool shit are we making for me?" Well, what do you want? I mean, I know how to box. Can you do anything with that? Okay. Um, let me think here. Uh, okay. So, let's see. I believe we passed around the idea of, like, medic, um... The fucking pile bunker from... Yes, that's it. Thank you. Now I can just, like, infuse some magic into that shit. But as we have previously established, just having some cool arm shit is not enough anymore. So right, let's go right. full on like exosuit. <laughs> Alright. I'm down. How do you want to make this this exosuit look? Well, I mean, that'd be up to Alyssa, wouldn't it? Uh, she's She is more of a uh, function person. She is not overly concerned about form, so long as it doesn't look shitty. Uh, I mean, if we're going pile bunker, I... You know what I want to do is I want like dead space engineer armor aesthetic kind of. All right. But like night, not it's not gonna be like full on exo, but it's gonna be. Well, no, you know what? Let's have the same Carmen mesh and then just got like shit protecting real vital areas. It's mm -hmm. not as so it's not as bulky, but you know. As the Isaac suit, but it's got like protection. Yeah, it uh, it's it's made to sort of capitalize on her small frame and high speeds. You want to keep like real maneuverable for boxing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You twisting around, you're moving your legs. She's got to be able to float like a butterfly, in addition to stinging like a bee. Exactly. Now, excuse me, I have to go beat up the side of a cow. Float like a butterfly. <laughs> Sting like a jackhammer. <laughs> Alright, so I'll like fire up. I'll just like sketch out some design idea. Hash this out with Alyssa. It's like, okay, um, do you like, do you like this aesthetic or what are we looking? I've, I've got a couple of different ideas. What are we looking? I mean, this is ultimately your choice. Alright, so, um, well, Mr. Super Science Magic Man, I am your apprentice, so what's your aesthetic? Give me that. Okay, sure. Um, 
tell me a bit about boxing. What do you need to... Um, what needs to be maneuverable? What can be more padded? Uh, well, footwork is probably the most important thing. So I need to be able to be super light on my feet. All right. Outside of that, you know, and, and she takes a, a, a boxer stance so you can get a look at it. You know, keeping your, keeping your shoulders and your hands up right in front of your face as much as you possibly can. You know, anytime that drops, you're going to get your teeth knocked out. Hmm. All right. So go with the basic carbon mesh underweave. That'll give you good protection and flexibility. And then we'll work on protecting vitals while still being maneuverable. Hmm. Let's look at um, plate armor for this. You were surprisingly maneuverable in that. Take some inspiration from what has already been done. Alright, cool. Alright, so yeah, basically I'm just gonna remix some knight armor. You know, because they they actually well-made plate armor was pretty maneuverable, if heavy. But since we're working with super science materials now, I can knock that weight down quite a bit. So we're protecting vital areas. You know, got legs covered, but still you know, full motion in the joints. Uh, armor on, you know, of course, the torso, and then uh, on the arms themselves have the pile bunkers. Mm-hmm. And then we'll work in like um, like a head guard like they have in boxing, just for the aesthetic. Yeah. And I guess we will hammer that out over a couple of days or how. I mean, literally hammer it out. <laughs> sure, there is a good deal of hammering to be done. So uh, once it gets made up and properly fitted, she takes it for a quick test run just um it's like dancing around the sort of main living space wearing it making sure that she can maneuver properly and it's it's not too heavy on her arms at first so she's not going to be like her arms aren't going to get super tired super fast i mean it's it's an exosuit it's like a bare bones exosuit like in was that even i don't remember fucking Megalobox? Elysium. Elysium, that's the movie. Have you ever seen that one? Oh, I have not. Like the bolt-on exosuit? I am gonna Google it. It's sort of like that, and it's just like built armor into that. And doing okay. the same collapsible bullshit tech that I've got now. Yeah. But she's not right, walking around like this 24-7. I got a picture up, I can see it. Yeah. I think this works pretty well. It's a pretty good design. So we got that, but you know, with armor built onto it on top. Yeah, definitely want to put some stuff around the uh, around like the stomach region because the the sort of default guard is to have your hands up by your face and that leaves your stomach super yeah, yeah. open all the time. Get that good and armored up with like the Steiner aesthetic, I guess we're just gonna call it. <laughs> yeah, I see. So yeah, she dances around, throws out a few punches, and she's like, "All right, so this feels good, but I gotta like, I gotta use it." Yes. Um. I don't really have a good place to test this. Don't want you busting up my underground laboratory. That'd be bad for both of us. Hmm. Yeah. I wonder if Emery has a training area he uses. Oh, we can, uh, we can give him a call. Find out. Right. Done that call. So I will give Emery a ring. Hey, what's, um, what's going on, Doctor? 
good. Uh, what is it? Let's say it's like afternoon at this point. Yeah, sure. Good afternoon, Emery. Um, I have some new equipment that I'm wanting to test out, but I don't want to do it in my laboratory. I'm wondering if you have a training area that you can use. There's um, all of the courts actually have um, training grounds for ravens to use because it's not like a thing to be able to test magical weaponry in on on Earth. Like, commonly, like, that's hard to secure a space for. That makes sense. Um, do you mind if we pop over? Um, I have Alyssa here. Been, uh, hard at work. No, that's, uh, that's, that's fine. You can, uh, just tell us which court you want, and we'll have it ready to go. Well, I suppose winter court. And that seems to be the go-to. Uh, we'll be over shortly. Um, anything we can pick up? Where? Um... And there's like a... Baggy, are we out of any food? And there's a couple seconds. They're like... Uh, a couple boxes of cereal, if it ain't too much of a... If it ain't too much trouble. Uh, okay, uh, preference? High sugar content. Lucky Charms, got it. <laughs> Alright, so we hit the store and grab like... Three or four boxes of Lucky Charms. <laughs> Like two boxes of Lucky Charms, a couple boxes of Captain Crunch with Crunch Bear. <laughs> Can I get down to headquarters? Magpie opens the door and immediately makes grabby hands at you. Alright, here you go. I got um, I got Captain Crunch and I got some... Thank you, Steiner. You're quite welcome. She immediately pops the top on the first box and starts eating, just shoveling it into her mouth with her hands. Is Emery waiting? Uh, they're here. You didn't say if you wanted them to go with you, but uh, yeah, I got I got the circle made up. Just wanted to say hello. Uh, nothing else. Oh yeah, uh, they're they're working out in the uh in the garage. So okay. uh, Let's go. Hi, Alyssa. Alyssa, it's like, oh, you got real tall, real fast. What the hell? And Magpie shrugs and says, "Gremlin shit. Don't worry about it." Alyssa's like, "Okay, I believe you." Also, what's a gremlin? <laughs> the the three of you can head back into the garage. Emery is currently doing a, a pretty sizable bench press. Hello, Emery. How are you today? Uh, well, uh, oh, while I, um, and they rack their weights, while I got you here, before you take off, uh, there's something I wanted to talk to you about. Of course, anything. Uh, it's, it's, it's about my leg. Ah, is it, are you having problems, or? Um, not problems, no, but um, so, so I've been going jogging in the morning sometimes, and as um, as the energy gets stored, then the the motors spin up. The motors eventually get audibly loud. Ah, I see. Um, and I don't want to be walking around with a whirring leg. So, if if there's a way to make the motors quiet, I'd super appreciate it. Well, actually, give me a second. And Steiner, um, 
I don't even know. Uh, just like I, I don't know. You want know snaps his fingers and like the armor forms up around him. Ah. All right. Uh, let's see. I have my here. Uh, oh yes, uh, new tech. You like? Yeah, that's uh, that's some real cool shit. Yes, I finally figured out how to fully integrate that tech into normal, well, person tech, human tech. So, huh. quite interesting thing stuff. Um, Alyssa has some nice new toys as well. Uh, let me see the leg, though. I think I can just tinker this down a little bit. And they'll they'll hop up on one of the tables that's sitting in the corner of the uh, of the garage, so you can get at it easy. Right. I have a sort of portable lab with me now. It's quite um, convenient. This is an excellent opportunity to test out the equipment. Yeah, well, I am all this, yours. Yeah, um, I'll just switch this off. This might feel a little bit weird. Nah. Uh, do you want me to like make rolls for this, or am I just like doing some up here? Um. Well, this seems like a science move kind of thing. Hmm. Yeah, but I also... Like, don't want to ruin Emery's leg by rolling bad. Right. Um. Let's, like, split the difference and see how long it... Roll this for how long it takes. Yeah, that'll work. Throw me... I guess since... I don't know. Are, is this a technology roll or a magic roll? Well, I think it's a technology, because if it's the leg, it's before I integrated that shit. Totally. All right. So, so yeah. Give me a weird roll, then. <laughs> yes. This is going to get confusing. <laughs> See, that's a six. See, this is why I didn't yeah. want to do. Yeah. So it uh, it it takes a lot. You you do I have, have to, to like. I have to like fabricate some dampeners or something. Yeah. You you wind up having to like almost completely disassemble the leg in order to get at the motors. So it is a, a bit of a lengthy process, and like Alyssa and Magpie go break for lunch while they're waiting for you, because you, you get a little bit deep into your cups at one point. Uh, well, that took longer than I expected, but I believe it should be completely silent now. Yeah, I'll, um, I'll let you know tomorrow after my jog. Excellent. Uh, where did those two get off to, actually? Um, they went. They went to go eat. Ah, has it, what has it? Oh, Lord! It's been an hour. <laughs> uh, right. Well, we go get Alyssa, and uh, again, thank you, and for opening up this uh, winter court here. No problem. It is, it is never a problem to just have you come and go. Please don't worry about it. Huh. Noted. Um. Can hope your leg works properly. Keep me updated on that. I would hate Actually, to have... while I... Now that I'm thinking ab- about it, if you're full-on using magic now, it... It might be worthwhile to give you a key to the house so you can just go to the Winter Court to work on projects wh- wh- when you need it. Well, it's... Yes. If, if you can figure out how to work the circle, then that's a thing we could set up, and you just have to text us to tell us you're coming. Hmm. Yes, I believe I could um, swing that. That would be quite convenient. I thank you. Thank you very yeah. much. It's, uh, it's no problem. 
So you can summon the children back into the room. Although neither of them are children, so I shouldn't be framing it that way. Summon the younglings. <laughs> sure. And uh, the circle is already complete, so Magpie doesn't have to sketch any runes in. All right. Uh, apologies for that delay, Alyssa, but Emery uh, is my very good friend, and I wanted to make sure their leg was functioning completely as they intended. Eh, it's, uh, it's cool. We got hot dogs. Right. Well, without further ado, we should um, test out these shiny new toys. So Magpie works the spell to send you in. Uh, she's not going to go with you this time, so you'll just have to flag down Janai to send you back through. And in fact, that is who you meet as you materialize in the Winter Court. God, every time. And as soon as you like fully materialize in, Alyssa full body flinches and she's like, fuck, that's cold. Right, I forgot you... Every time we forget, it seems like something you'd remember, but just... Uh, the, uh, at least I hope the, the training area is warm. Or at least we'll work up a sweat. So, Jenai approaches you and says, Doctor, it's good to see you again. How can I help you today? Ah. Hello, Jenai. Um, this is Alyssa. She is a initiate into... And we are going to do a little bit of training today. Wonderful. You're here for the grounds, then. Indeed. Right this way. And she leads you out of the teleportation square and down a series of promenades into a... It's it's the size of a football field, and it's mostly empty, but there's a bunch of, like, dummies scattered about as well. And she turns to you and says, So, the ground here is magically reinforced, so you can feel free to throw anything you want at it. It will not be an issue. Yeah, excellent. Thank you. And if you require any materials for any spells or devices, there's a small supply station over there, and she points halfway down the field. I see. And the the attendant there will be able to give you many things. Any Britain technologies will be a little out of our field. Understandable. We might not be able to furnish you with batteries. Hmm. Unfortunately, I bring my own. Um, thank you very much for your assistance. Um, I believe that would be all, though. And you have a nice uh, day until we see you again. Likewise. She'll take off. And Alyssa's like bouncing on the balls of her feet. She seems pretty excited. Alright, let's see. How should we start? I mean, if it's not too much trouble, I just want to go hit things. Well, I was about to suggest that. Yes, why don't you go take a swing at see how things work out? Yeah. And uh she'll make her way over to the closest dummy and just, you know, she'll start using it like a training bag and on the uh, on her big old right hook as she connects it she presses it in extra hard and there's the sort of pneumatic bang of the device activating and it's just basically blown to bits oh science is wonderful 
<laughs> yeah, science is wonderful. It's another one. <laughs> she goes over and that was cool. Like, Do it again. <laughs> she goes over and uppercuts one of them into oblivion. <laughs> uh, this is going to be quite fun. Uh, now, what do I want to do? I mean, you've got your very first proper long-range weapon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everything else has been close. Uh-huh. So I'll just, like, uh, unfold the laser cannon and take a couple shots at the far end of the training field. All right. Throw me a kick some ass roll. Let's see how you do. All righty. That's another six. All right. Well, that your your first shot goes way wide. You are not used to having to aim in this way. You're not really used to having to aim at all. Uh, well, I need to practice with that. That's but this is why we're here. Yeah. Give me another. Let's see how you do. Ten. Ten. Right on. It's a, it's, a, it's a little bit of a redundant question, but what sort of advanced, uh, what sort of extra effect do you want? <laughs> uh, let's just, just do. God, uh, you know what? For comedy option, I suffer less harm. <laughs> so when when you do finally hit it, it doesn't like punch through it. It charges it with a bunch of kinetic energy, and the dummy explodes. And the explosion is so powerful that even from that range, like, you get hit with a couple of sticks. Hmm. But they just plink off your armor. Ha. Huh. Did not expect that reaction. Oh, by the way, the laser cannon has the tag quiet, so this thing is just completely silent, which is almost eerie in a way. Like, in, in your ears, there's this subtle, like, thrum and thump when you fire it. But when you're more than like five feet away from you, it's basically inaudible. It's like the first time the shot comes out, Alyssa fucking jumps five feet in the air. <laughs> ah, this will do nicely. As powerful as the chainsaw, the electro blaster, but forgetting the drop on creatures. So you two can spend a couple hours blowing up training dummies and honestly, probably a bit of like hand-to-hand -hand sparring with each other to make sure that the armor's working correctly. Of course. Hey, Alyssa. Hmm? I built this stun ray. Do you want to see if it works? <laughs> you know what? Fucking hit me. Fucking annihilate my ass. We are going to have a talk about your phrasing. But you want me to roll for this? Yeah, you know what? Throw a roll at me. All right, that's a seven. All right. So yeah, so you uh you shoot her with it, and you know what? Let's say that we were trying to have a proper spar, and I was trying to hit her. With, she was trying to get a punch off on me. Yeah. So you she like fucking gut checks you, but you manage to to stand your ground just long enough to shoot her at fucking point blank range with your stun ray, and she she drops like a sack of potatoes. Oh, it works quite well. Um, are you breathing? She is breathing. She's like blinking and her eyes are boggling a bit. Uh, are you in pain? One blink for yes, two blink for no. Uh, she winks 
don't know how to take that. It's oh, oh okay, so that that hurt, but it wasn't bad. So Taser. Yeah. Hmm. Nice to be able to do that at range. All right. Um. What else? Do we... Armor works. Guns work. Your pile driver things work. Bunker busters. What? I think that's what you called them. Pile bunker. <laughs> like you got it half right on one end and half right on the other. Pile bunkers. Got it. All right. Everything seems to be in working order. Do you want to stick around, bust some stuff up for a little bit, or? I think I'm good to go home. I think I'm, uh, I am a little bit worn out. I feel like I need a bath and a nap. Alrighty. I will, let's get home then. Uh, I'll, I'll drop you off. Or do you have your own ride? Uh, my, my car is still at headquarters. Yeah, so we're good there. All right. Yeah, the uh, two of you can make yourself back to the greeting square, and Janai will work the spell to teleport you back in, and you are back in the garage. Mm, well, a little bit stiff, but I feel good. Things. Yeah, that's great. Soon enough, you will have the opportunity to test it. I am excited for it. If I'm going to be real, I'm pretty excited for it. Honestly, we could use the manpower. We are vastly outnumbered at this point. Huh. Well, I'm, uh... Oh, I don't... I don't have your phone number and you don't have mine. Let's fix that. That's... Yes, all right, sure. Yeah, so the two of you can exchange numbers. She's like, yeah, so, uh... Shit comes up, call me. Right, uh, I should get you the Harrison twins. Well, not twins... Has and siblings. Yeah, sure. Uh, I'd be down to have that. I'd be down to have them have my number. I'll cool. have them text you. Uh, since we're okay. going to be working together, we should all be in contact. Seems like a good idea. <laughs> and as you uh, as you like come out into the kitchen having this conversation, Emery's like, "Oh, I'll add add you to the um, to the to the to the to the group chat." And Alyssa's like, there's a group chat? Do we post memes in the group chat? Absolutely. God, I wish we didn't. <laughs> like she gets added and it's just Grant and Roxanne sniping at each other over something really stupid. Uh, <laughs> just like endless walls of home stuck and someone yells about their data. <laughs> Uh, does Roxanne Harrison read Homestuck? You don't know how badly I want to say yes, but probably not. Actually, no, she probably does, actually. I take it back. Roxanne <laughs> probably doesn't really use any social media, except, like, she probably has a Tumblr, so she knows what Homestuck is. Meanwhile, Grant preferred Problem Sleuth. I literally was going to say that. Grant, stop the problem. <laughs> <sighs> Alright, so Grant Harrison. Yes. <laughs> so, 
Uh, one day, while you are out doing your spray painting shit, mm-hmm. you know, you are, you are focusing, and all of a sudden, there is a light weight on the top of your head. Um, I blink and I reach up to see what's going on. As, as you reach up and feel around, there is a bird on your head. Uh, okay. I'd look to see if anybody is, like, freaking out about this. No one's freaking out, but, like, a couple of the people are that are at the table, like, some that are watching, some that are waiting for you to give them the finished work, a bunch of them think it's cute that just this bird has alighted upon your head. Okay. Uh, I will finish up the one that I am working on, and then I will be like, one second, folks, and then I will reach up to try and, like, pick up the bird? You can pick up the bird. Okay, I look at the bird. What kind of bird is this? It's a crow. Oh. Okay. Hello. It's a slightly bigger than average crow. It's definitely not a raven. It's got the the much more sleek profile to it of a crow. It's just kind of a, a little bit of a big crow in your hands, and it is looking at you. Okay. Hello, little bird. Go fly free now. Try to encourage it to go fly free just by, like, holding out my hands. Go on! I assure you, everyone, this is not part of the act! (laughs) (laughs) It continues to look at you and is doing that bird thing where it's just, like, cocking its head back and forth and blinking at you. It caws at you a couple times. Okay. Alright, well, I... I shrug, and I guess I'll put it on my shoulder and continue working. <laughs> I don't know what- I don't know what you expect me to do! I- I expect you to do whatever comes most naturally to you, which is this. Apparently just putting it on my shoulder and continuing to work. I don't have a fucking answer that I am <laughs> expecting you to give me, Colin. <laughs> A crow has landed on your head, and you picked it up and told it to leave, and it didn't. What do you do? You put it on your shoulder. Okay. All right. So how long does it take for the bird to leave? It doesn't. It hangs out on your shoulder for, like, the whole rest of the afternoon. Occasionally, it will, like, sort of peck at your hair. Uh, But... But not in a way that hurts. It's it it's a playful pecking. You get the feeling. Okay. All right. So uh, once once stuff is done, I will find someplace private, and I will look. I will pick up the bird again, and I will go. Okay. Just level with me here. Are you just like? Are you a weird bird? Is is this a magic thing? The bird caws at you. I don't speak bird. I'm just now realizing this. This is what got me in trouble with the owls. What <laughs> 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 got me in trouble with the owls is I didn't know if they were magic or not. Oh, God. Uh, so what do you do? I try to get the bird to leave, I guess. I need to go home. I don't know if I'm even allowed to own the beetle. I'm definitely not allowed to own a bird. <laughs> I mean, it's it's gonna stick around for, like, it, you, you can even just try and like, like throw it, and it just like 
wheels back around and sits back on top of your head. Okay. All right. This is ridiculous. I was trying to think. There's a magic thing I can do. I need to look at the reference sheet real quick. I was not expecting to roll. Hey. Um, <laughs> technically, birds have a link. Not uh, like a real language, but like... I, I could try? Wow, that's... Bird is as hell. <laughs> it is bird is <laughs> as fucking, hell. Fucking speciesist. Uh, yes. I'm gonna tell you that, that that would be the wrong tack to take. Oh. Can I use the bird as a focus to observe another place or time to see where the hell this bird came from? Uh, I, I'm an I, egg. Yeah. I really I hope that he never figures out to just like see if it's got like a message taped to its leg or something. <laughs> That's a ten. Okay. Grant is dealing with some bird trauma right now. It's been it's not been that long. <laughs> never even thought to just like fucking do the most basic ma- magic thing and just like what magic was done here or whatever. But all right, you're gonna take this route. Yeah. So you like cast the this scrying spell through the bird to try mm-hmm. and like follow it backwards. And mm-hmm. once you hit like once you hit like the seventy mile distance, uh, mm-hmm. the spell like breaks. It's not a strong enough spell to follow it all the way back. But this bird seemed to fly minimum 70 straight miles uninterrupted to land directly on your head. Like, this bird didn't do anything besides fly straight at you in the 70 miles that you were able to observe. So, 70 miles plus. Now I will do investigate a mystery and hopefully be... There we go! What magic was done here? (laughs) <laughs> Alright, so you actually, like, give the bird a proper scan down mm-hmm. with this. So there's a scrying spell, like, taped onto the bird. You are being observed remotely through the bird. Okay. Well, I since that is a 12 and I have advanced investigative mystery, uh, where did the bird come from? How far away is this bird from? Aside An from- egg. <laughs> 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 how far not what uh so you can't get like a city name from the bird because the bird doesn't know city names but mm-hmm. you you are able to sort of like feel out that the distance of the scrying spell is approximately a hundred miles east by southeast east by southeast uh so I'm gonna use would it be uh, the use of one of my investigative mysteries to ask what city I like what cities would be roughly that direction from like uh, I so know. at that point at that point I mean you can pull out your phone yeah and like sort of google around in that area at that point you're looking right around Palm Springs actually Okay, that's in the ballpark of Palm Springs Okay. And I think that's all questions I get. I don't think I get a third. Because, yeah. You are correct that you do not get a third. Okay. I go... 
Okay, whoever's watching me through the bird, I know you're watching me through the bird. This is weird. You could have just come and, like, I don't know, done what everybody else does and just, like, strong on me into talking to you. The bird continues to, like, cock its head and blink at you and, like, playfully peck at your hair. Is that guy talking to the bird? Weird. <laughs> Those crazier things in LA on a daily basis, on an hourly basis. I, uh, I'm sure talking to a bird is like extremely low on people's weirdo meter in LA. Whatever, Maryland boy. <laughs> I guess I'm going to look up like what kind of fucking magical society, like what kind of met. Like, oh god, how do I want? Like what kind of weird ass shit goes down in Palm Springs. Uh, I mean, I guess you could just like text Emery and Magpie yeah. and ask yeah. like, yeah. is there anything especially weird in that region? And the yeah, response gonna... you would get is no, not especially. Aside from this dude talking to birds. <laughs> it's actually completely normal over there. Nothing weird ever happens. Uh, there, There isn't anything especially weird about that region compared to all the surrounding areas, to our knowledge. Okay, because I have a bird who has been tagged with a scrying spell who flew 110 miles to land directly on my head. Huh. That's really bizarre, and we have no idea what that what could be causing that. Okay. You get a you get a follow-up question asking. Can you tell if it's Fey or Deadlands? Fucking peekaboo, I guess. Is it? <laughs> this the sort of magical signature that you see around the bird is consistent with neither of those. I reply with, it is not either of those things. The response you get is, okay, yeah, that's real fucking bizarre. <laughs> I know, this is weird even for me. Well, I mean... I guess be nice to it, even even when they're not acting as someone's magic eyes. Crows are crows can be really n nice and friendly, and give you things, but also they remember faces and they hold hella grudges if you're mean to them. So be nice to the bird. Yeah, I know corvids. So I go okay, bird. I guess I'm gonna have to smuggle you into my apartment. <laughs> You like my new hat? <laughs> it's Italian. So, uh, the, the bird just fucking roosts in your hair. When you go home, it, uh, it alights on one of your bookshelves and just sits there. How does Otis respond to this? <laughs> Otis is kind of agitated because weasels are hunters. And so he might want to hunt the bird, but the bird is defo out of reach. Yeah. So Otis is just a little agitated. <laughs> Otis, be nice to your new sibling. The bird just seems to be observing the house. Okay. All right. It's just well, like looking around. It's it's not getting in the way or anything. Okay. This is super weird. <laughs> the so the the bird hangs around for a couple of days. Like every time you leave the house, like just as you're leaving, it flits off the bookshelf down onto your shoulder. It'll occasionally leave for a little while, presumably to go get something to eat, but it'll always return to you. 
and it's just kind of you've got you've got a weird buddy for a couple of days. <laughs> oh, this I'm, is my favorite buddy cop movie. I'm I'm tempted <laughs> to say something, but I think it's too f- me. All right, fuck it. Power move. Just crank one out in front of it. Many. Uh, nah. Honestly, Grant doesn't really do that. I don't believe you. No. <laughs> Anyways, let's not get into that. <laughs> let's not get too far into that. So yeah, uh, like four or five days pass, and eventually the bird just just fucking leaves. Bye, my new weirdo friend. Later, loser. The, <laughs> the crow caws back at you and flies off into the distance and does not return. Okay. Can I have done something real quick before sure. it like in the interim? Sure. Can I have bought can I have bought like one of those like animal tracking things and placed it on its foot so that way I know exactly where it goes when it flies off. I don't know where you could buy one, but I know someone who could make you one. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's not a difficult ask. Alright, yeah. So uh when and then when it flies off, like I'll take a look on it on the GPS tracker that I'm sure Steiner has also concocted for me. It's your phone, dipshit. It's just a nap. Yeah, I know. It's, it's it's a nap, but like you still have like if you're building something like that, you probably also have to make like custom software for it. Or I just reuse whatever they actually use and steal their software. That too. <laughs> but either way, it has to be put on my phone. So I will sure. look at my phone after. Uh, yeah. so I mean, the, uh... it's gonna take a while for this thing to fly 110 miles. So yeah. So. So after X number of hours, the uh, you watch the the signal get to Hemet, and then it just sort of circles for a while, and then the signal goes out. Okay, Hemet. I'm gonna have Grant. I'm, I'm gonna add. Honestly, I'm adding this to the Pepe Sylvia board. It might not be related to this shit at all, but this is weird enough that it's going on the Pepe Sylvia board. Okay. It is, a, it is a separate part of the Pepe Sylvia board. I'm designating like a corner to this. Weird bird used as scrying spell. Hemet. And what was this? What was the city called? The city is Hemet. Oh, the city is Hemet. Okay. All right. So. H e m e t. Oh, it's one m. Okay. That was close. All right. Uh, I will text Magpie and Emery. I'm like, the bird went to Hemet. Still got nothing. Okay, well, worth a shot. Yeah. Uh, I guess keep us posted. Yeah. Uh, bird mystery. I'm gonna go... I'm gonna go to the apartment complex... You got me saying complex. I'm gonna go to the apartment building, ask around if anybody knows something weird. If something weird's going on in Hemet that involves crows, you get negatories across the board. Okay. Oh my god. Whatever's going on, no one knows what's up. 
Well, that happened, I guess. Uh, <laughs> that sure did happen. But that happened. That sure was a thing that happened to you. Yes. All right. Oh, and now for the big one. Yay. Yay. Roxanne Harrison. Yeah. Yeah. So, Roxanne Harrison, you have decided that today is the day that you are going to cross the gate. Yep. Oh, boy. So, how do you prepare for this? Hmm. Write a will. No, um... Yeah, you know what? Probably all she's really going to do to prepare is, like, she's going to get, like, her stuff as usual, because, God, who knows how much walking past the gate there is. Or falling? You know. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's going to give Grant a call. Ring, ring, Grant Harrison. Grant picks up. Hello? Hey, Grant. Um, so I told you about my stuff I've been doing in the Deadlands, right? Yep. Or at least I told you I was going to do that. Well, um, so I kind of made it to the edge of the Deadlands. Cool. I guess. I didn't know there was an edge. Yeah, there's an edge. So I'm going to, I guess... Um, I guess I'm, this is, I'm going to the place to find answers about all the weird stuff going on with me. And, um, it's just, um, wanted to call you before I left. Okay. I don't know. I don't like expect anything to happen. It just feels like I should tell somebody before I leave. Yeah, that probably sounds the best. Is this, an, is this a situation where I'm going to have to, like, insist that I go with you? Like you did with the summer, uh, summer court? Because I feel like this is a situation where I should insist that I should go with you. I don't know that I can take anybody with me is the thing. There's kind of... There's kind of this gate that annihilates anything that tries to pass through it. Yeah. Hmm, yeah, it does not sound like a thing I should go through. And I should be good? Should be. I'm made of the same stuff. Okay, like, give me a percentage on how how much should be is... I'm 90%. I'm I'm 90% on it. I can live with 90%. Okay, well... I feel like I won't die from something that stupid. Yeah. Okay. Well, I am going to worry, but I know that you are more than capable of kicking a ton of ass, so... Yeah, no, I just wanted my brother to know before I went off on a uh, yeah revelatory journey. I mean, same. I, I told you about the whole summer court thing, so I'm glad that, yeah. uh, I'm glad that we at least think somewhat similarly. Yeah. 
Anyway, um, I'm gonna go, uh, before I get cold feet, I'm gonna text Magpie and Emery and, um, yeah. Alright, uh, I'll probably end up waiting there with them, to be honest. Uh, don't wait up, I don't know how long I'm gonna be. Uh, I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait. It might be... Uh, whatever, Grant. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's that. Okay. Uh, and then... She's just gonna text Emery and or Magpie and be like, Hey, can I... I guess text Magpie, technically. Uh, can I bother you to let me to send me into the Deadlands one more time? Last time, hopefully. Hopefully. And yeah, it's no problem. Just imagining Grant sitting there thinking, Alright, well, if my sister dies, Tattoo's going to seem much better by comparison. <laughs> no. Like, that's a... Like, okay, mom. So that's, that's 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 a sociopath way of thinking. So no, Grant Harrison's not that bad of a person. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, you can uh, you can gather up your things and bip yourself over to HQ. Magpie has already got the door ready for you. Um. Okay. So I'm gonna get this all out here because I'm going to lose my nerve if I don't go. So, I don't remember how much I told you. Basically, uh, I'm going to the edge of the Deadlands. I've been there. I'm going past the edge of the Deadlands to find out what there is to find, I guess. To find the... where my stuff comes from. And um, I'll make sure I come back in one piece. Magpie gives you like the the biggest, tightest hug and says, "Yeah, you you better come back." I promise on my everything that I'm gonna come back. Okay. And in fact, Emery sneaks up behind you and wraps you up in a hug as well. <sighs> Thanks, Emery. Hey, you, um, you be safe out there, okay? What have you known me to do anything unsafe? All the time, and I would like you to break that habit if you could. Oh, trust me, after today, I would like to, uh, not do anything unsafe for maybe, like, uh, two weeks. Two weeks would be cool, but we'll see, right? Yeah, well, um, we'll see. You, you be careful. Will do. You can, they let go of you, and I'm not going to declare that you go into the palace, because I don't know if you want to do that this time. The door, the door is open. What do you do? I am going to go into the palace just to declare that I am going. I okay. don't know if anyone is going to, like, want to go with me. Or demand um, to go with me. Well, let's see here. 
who is, let's say, Cleopatra and Arthur are present, and they will offer to sit sigil outside of the gate if you would like them to. Yeah. You know what, please? Absolutely, Roxanne. You are doing this as much for us as for yourself. We could not think to leave you to bear it alone. Yeah. Let's, uh... I'm gonna lose my nerve if we don't get going, though. Then let us be off. And you can take both their hands and you can give me an angel wings at a plus two. Wow. Uh, I think that... (laughs) Okay, um... A ten. A ten. Yeah, all right. So the three of you vanish out of the capital and reappear in front of the gate, and immediately you are slammed with an absolutely debilitating headache. Like, you are knocked off your feet. It hurts so bad. Mm, yeah, wasn't looking forward to this bit. Like, you you cannot see straight. You are having trouble breathing. It hurts so much. Okay. I'm going to close my eyes. Can one of you point me in the right direction? Uh, the two of them will each take one shoulder and sort of walk you towards the, the gate. All right. Nothing good ever came of watching yourself do something stupid, so... <laughs> I won't see you on the other side, but I'll see you on the other other side, right? And Roxanne just walks forward. Good hunting, Roxanne Harrison. And you are guided through the gate, and you can feel you can feel it as it gets closer and closer and closer, that you can feel a sort of, like, fuzz of energy in front of you, and the headache ticks up ever more as you inch into it. And you know the instant that you cross it, because two very dramatic things happen simultaneously. Yeah. The first is that your headache disappears. Oh, thank goodness. Like, completely. The second thing is that gravity turns 90 degrees for you. Oh, Jesus, fuck. Okay. I assume 90 degrees, like, walking down gravity-wise, then? Yes, you are... You are still, uh, your feet are still planted on the firmament of the Deadlands. You are just walking down the side of the coin now, instead of on its face. Cool, I can't wait to walk to the other side of the Discworld. (laughs) (sighs) Alright, well, eyes open, headache gone. Let's walk into the unknown. Mm Mm-hmm. The uh, So now that you can see the other side, you, you can't see what's on the other face of this coin, but you can sort of see the atmosphere of it, and it is much clearer. There isn't the, like, constant oppressive overcast of the Deadlands. The, the sky of Elysium is sort of this, like, 
mixed between like a milky white, a light blue, and a sort of gentle orange. And there are clouds in the sky, but they are sort of loose and flowing around gently. Wow. And you can observe another gate, and it's, I looked up the actual name for it. Uh, it's a Tori with two eyes. It's, it is I know what very that is. similar. Yeah, it is very similar to that in its construction. You can make out another one of those on the edge of the, of the face that you are on, and it looks to be about two miles out. It is a good thing that I brought food, and if my headache comes back on the other side of that thing, I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> so you you get walking, and you can take oh, breaks hold on. as you... Question. Can I take pictures mm-hmm. of my phone? Yes, your phone is does is not misbehaving currently. I take a shot of uh, I. I take a shot of what the uh, of the two gates, or just I take a fucking selfie of me on the other side of the gate, basically. <laughs> okay. Just the most millennial ass move I can make. Hell yeah, I am. I am here for it. So so you can make your way down the two-mile stretch for however long you would like to. And as you near the second gate, you feel the same sort of warmth begin to build in your body that you had when you were fighting back in the Deadlands. Mm. Well, that's curious, but I'm not going to stop because of it. Yeah, it's, it's not unpleasant. And in fact, as you get closer to the, the Elysium Gate, it, it, it never pushes over into like an uncomfortable heat. Just a nice warmth? Yeah, it's, it's this comfortable, invigorating warmth that spreads across, spreads through your entire body. Yeah. Like I took a nice shower. Yeah. And eventually, you arrive at the far gate. It is the same sort of black stone and semi-transparent blue crystal makeup that the other one was. The, the crystal has like bits of gold particles inside of it that reflect off of whatever sort of light source is hanging over Elysium, making the making that those sections of the gate twinkle a bit. You're standing at the foot of the gate. Do I see anything? I guess I'm like 90 degrees to the uh, gate. Do I see anything on the other side, though? Can I? Yeah. You uh, you can't really see what the other face will look like until you pass through it. It's it's too sheer of a drop. You will have to put your head through the gate. Oh, here I go. And as you step through, gravity twists another 90 degrees, and you set foot on Elysium. And Elysium is a sight to behold. First thing you notice is that it isn't ringed in mountains the way that the Deadlands were. It's, it's just a straight drop off all sides as far as you are able to see. Oh? The ground is flat, and it goes out incredibly far. And 
all like scattered all around you and in these sort of like it's a big enough arc that you can't really see the circularity of it without like looking way down the edge of Elysium but you can see that they're arranged in a sort of like orderly circle there are these orbs of amber light just floating a little bit off the ground and there are lines running from the ground under them towards what you might assume to be the center of Elysium and you can see figures of all sorts of bizarre shapes of uh, some of them are floating about some of them are flying some of them are walking some of them are crawling they're all just sort of moving about tending to these orbs okay uh i guess i'm going to like walk until i mm. i'm going to try and find somebody to talk to Alright. So as you start walking in, uh, roll me plus sharp. Oh boy. Give it a shot. Oh, okay. An 11. I guess I'm still rolling really well. Yeah, nice on. Uh, so as you sort of wander around looking for someone to talk to, at some point you examine the amber orbs, and from the right angle, you can see that the, uh, that they're actually like actual amber, maybe. It's some sort of, it's a crystal in that sort of coloration. And there are people inside of them. And they appear to be sleeping. Well, I'm not going to mess with that. That sounds like a good way to get in trouble. And in fact, and it's the, it's the damnedest thing because it takes you a moment to recognize her. But as you're examining them, you come across a pixie asleep inside of one of these amber orbs. Oh. Oh my gosh. You absolutely do recognize Nalkovia, the pixie who stole the watch. Hmm. Less than great. I, I can't don't know how to process this information. Is this good or bad? <laughs> Remember her being in one piece? Look, her soul made it in one piece. Yeah, you don't... Your wounds don't carry over into that afterlife. Did she just end up here? Did they send, like, a hit squad to go pick her up? What the fuck? Oh, that's maybe a thing you can ask about. Uh, so as you continue to journey along, you are eventually approached... And it is a frightening figure that approaches you. It's roughly human. Oh, I like this. And it and it cuts a, a sort of masculine figure, uh, but it is a it has it lacks skin and has a quite defined musculature. It has a uh, like a skull for a head with glowing red eyes. There is a halo of golden metal floating above its head and sort of like wisps of fire coming off of that. And sticking out of its midsection is just a whole other torso. Like, basically from the hips up, a whole other person with the same sort of skinless gray body. 
and their rib cage is split open and the hilt of a sword is sticking out of it. And as this figure walks up to you, they say, Hello, Roxanne Harrison. Oh, it's you. Wow, I was not expecting you to look like this. If you pardon my, uh, pardon my rudeness. No offense is taken. I am perhaps one of the least abstract of my kind, and that tends to lend a degree of terror to my countenance. You know, it's weird. I'm not... I was disconcerted, but I'm not afraid. I am pleased to hear it. It's, um, good to meet face to face. I guess you were probably expecting me. We were aware that you have been making your way here, and tabs enough have been kept on you to know that you would be arriving this day. Please allow me to formally welcome you to Elysium, your cradle. Ah. Um, it's nice to be here. I love that his name is Bad News. Well, because he's the one who always shows up to deliver bad news. I know, but I love that his... Even if this is bad news, I still like this one. <laughs> Ask him about his I... bear. <laughs> <laughs> so, Roxanne Harrison... While we knew that you were coming, we were not aware of the purpose of your visit. So, how may I help you this day? Well, guess I'm here today to petition for better answers. I see. And I believe that it would be most prudent to take you directly to the blind air. That sounds auspicious. So yes, that sounds like the right place to go. Right this way. And he turns around and begins walking towards what feels like the center of Elysium. Okay. And you you may be expected to be like a very long walk getting to the center of this place because the Deadlands is fucking enormous. It's it's smaller on the other side. But it isn't that it's smaller. It's just that your movement seems to be faster. You seem to be covering much greater distance with each step. Yeah, okay, I'll accept that answer. Can I ask you a question while we're uh, walking? Of course. I saw one of those um, amber orbs. I know. I saw a fairy. I know that fairy. 
Ah, the Time Mage. Yes, I am familiar with her case as it intersected yours. Can I... Would I get a very good answer if I asked, why is she here? It is the nature of the Deadlands that the spirits that pass into it forget all things that they once knew. And some people hold knowledge that must never be allowed to pass from existence. And so they are preserved here. So what? You're just keeping her here forever as a... Uh, a memory stick? To my knowledge... Most souls are not held indefinitely. After a point, their knowledge either becomes obsolete or too dangerous to be allowed to continue to exist even in our care. And so they are placed back in the Deadlands to be washed clean. Okay. My understanding is that she will serve such a purpose, and once her purpose is served, she will be deemed obsolete to us and returned to the cycle of life and death. Hmm. All right. Thank you. So the, the two of you continue your walk towards what is probably the center of Elysium and eventually it you know it doesn't come over the horizon because the this land is not round it does not have a horizon but the I guess light reflecting off of it is sufficiently unscattered that it begins to materialize in your sight there is a building that is quite reminiscent of the Sultan's palace but it is much larger and it is constructed of a combination of as you get closer you can see it's like red wood and a lot of that same blue crystal and black stone and there's a it's much more like ornately designed than the sultan's palace was there's a lot of like flying buttresses and like massive filigrees along certain lines it's it is tastefully gaudy, you might say. <laughs> you said filigrees. It's not, uh, it's not quite the brutalism, brutalist textbook that, uh, the other palaces is what you're saying? Yeah. And as you get close enough, there's, you see these lines of humanoid figures uh, completely wrapped in dark cloak just there's there's two of them leading into this building and they stretch on quite far out you you cannot see the ends of the lines and as you get yet closer there is a group of four beings sort of standing around close to the the great entryway to the inside of this building okay and one of them turns to you and says, 
Roxanne Harrison, it is a pleasure to finally meet you face to face. Oh, I recognize that cadence anywhere. You come face to face for the first time with the Yell Boy. So the the Yell Boy is much more like abstract looking than bad news. He's uh like his he's there's this like plumage of green leaves and feathers coming out, uh, just sort of like joined at the back. Little small flowers uh, sort of coming at the very back, and the, the green transitions into a blue. And at the base of this bush, there is sort of the upper half of a human torso. There's the the arms and shoulders and about half the chest. They're all slightly off white. The head has this like weird thick Y shape. The eyes are hollow and the mouth is quite large and it is floating a couple of feet off the ground. Oh my gosh. Ah, it's you. Ah, it's nice to meet you. It is I, Roxanne Harrison. It is a pleasure to meet you. I'm sorry I was rude the last time we talked. I understand you are under a great deal of stress. These things happen. And then you are approached by another figure who casually slings one arm over to your shoulder and says, glad to see you finally made it, kid. And they are they are a much more like overtly angelic sort of looking figure. They're another, they have sort of a humanoid body, but the face is featureless except for one big red orb in the very center. There are four golden wings going up and down uh, that are kind of covered in eyes. There's a swarm of small bugs just sort of swirling around them. And out of their chest, just this like series of arrows are manifesting outward. And occasionally he like breaks one off and throws it over his shoulder. And the stump that's left in fades away and another begins to grow slowly. Oh, wow. It's like a, it's like a, Jeez, it's weird. It's so weird that I've known all of you for this long, and this is the first time we're meeting. And I guess, no, it's actually perfectly sensible that this is the first time we're meeting. Internet friends! It's like meeting my (laughs) friends on the internet. It is very much like meeting your longtime internet friends. Aw, that's sort of a really cute thought. It's a goon meet! Yeah, I mean, you know, now that I've got a sort of... Now that Roxanne has sort of like an idea of how these people aren't uh, really, you know, they're not trying to make life hard for her. They're just doing their job. She kind Mm -hmm. of likes them a lot more. Right on, right on. So a a fourth figure floats up to you and it's a... uh, it's a, a another sort of humanoid body, only this one is made of like solid gold. I feel like I can guess this one. And has four legs that end in hooves. The head is flat and sort of it sort of looks like it's chipped in a few places and has no features. And it is surrounded by this like cloud of disembodied hands. And a third of the hands are holding metal spikes. A third of the hands are holding stone tablets. And the other third are empty and are gesticulating at you excitedly. I'm not sure exactly what you're saying, but I think I have a good guess who I'm talking to right now. A, uh, a pair of tablet and pick come together and the, there's like a rapid fire tapping and the tablet is 
turn towards you and it's it says hi Roxanne and there's like eight exclamation points that's you're the one that always talks to me through the post-it notes honestly this makes a lot more sense tap 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 yes that's me I have no mouth but I still have to be excited to have you here <laughs> I want to give them all hugs but I also don't want to like invade their personal space with my weird humanisms. I mean, casual has already hella invaded your personal space. He's fucking got up and thrown an arm around your shoulders. Yeah, but he's also kind of like this greasy kind of character already. <laughs> I like him, but he's definitely greasy. He has a greasy personality. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. And then you are approached by the last figure of the group, and uh, they have a, a much more frightening countenance than really any of the others. Uh, it's 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 a human-ish silhouette, but like the entire abdominal section is absent and is instead filled by this like sort of black floating worm with these huge purple eyes and a bunch of like bright blue lines running across it. It's contained in a, uh, a sort of like spinning golden sphere and out of it are running these like fleshy tendrils up into this huge broad chest with this like big glowing eye-shaped cavity in the center. Then coming up out of the neck is this like golden spike and floating around that are skulls with like fan-shaped extrusions coming out the left side, the right side, and the bottom of the three. And then below all this, there's like a floating golden pelvis. And below that, there are unattached floating legs. And it's all this sort of like gray. It's the same sort of gray color as Bad News. And they have four long, spindly, wiry arms and with big gold hands at the end. And they wave hello to you. I wave back. Hey, uh... Hi! We've only, we've only met a couple of times, so it's it's cool if you don't recognize me. I'm, uh, I'm the one who shows up when there's a big bad emergency and you gotta get on something right away. You, I remember you. Okay, yes. Yeah, hi. It's, uh, it's, it's cool to meet you. And they hold out one of their hands. Yeah, it's, uh, it's nice to meet you, uh... Hmm. Would it be rude if I said face-to-face? -face? <laughs> I mean, not really. Faces are kind of a weird thing here. Yeah. From our perspective, you're the weird one. <laughs> she reaches out and shakes hands. Emergency has a very strong grip. Yeah, you know, I would imagine somebody named Emergency having a strong grip. <laughs> so after introductions are done, Bad News takes a step forward and says, she is here to seek answers from the blind air. If you would all like to join us, I'm sure she would not object to the company. Oh, no, no, uh, please. I'm kind of... It would be nice to have some, uh, friendly faces with me. 
even if these faces are a little unfamiliar. We would be delighted to accompany you, Roxanne Harrison. Oh, all these new friends. I love them all. (laughs) Uh, So the six of you get into the, uh, like the sort of palace proper and it is massive. It is, it is considerably bigger than the Sultan's palace. And so it is like still an hour's walk to get into like the sort of big central chamber of it. Before we get there, I was just going to say, Roxanne probably spends the walk over just trying to like grill them on like etiquette. Like, is there, am I going to need to like bow a certain way? Is there, uh, is there a form of address that I need to follow? I'd really like this to go well. The, uh, the blind air doesn't super care about titles or like honorifics. Just, um, I guess just like, don't be rude and you won't piss them off. That's really the big thing. Okay. We're a, we're, we're a bit of a workplace here, kid. We're not, we're not super big on like bowing to each other. We got too much shit to do for that. Fair point. Look, I just want this to go well. That is perfectly understandable. You are, in a manner of speaking, about to meet your maker. A good first impression could not possibly be more important. Well, that didn't really help me calm down, but yeah, you're right. So eventually you get to the, the the central chamber of Elysium and it is it is a massive court. There's there's this long field of like perfectly smooth and reflective tile leading towards this massive wall of just it's this weird like twisting abstract art sort of thing. There's a bunch of pillars that are very much entirely there for form. They're, they're not supporting anything. They have like sort of domed caps on them. In the art, it looks organic, like it grew. It, it does have a very organic feel to it, although it also looks like stone. It's like stone was grown like a plant. And draping down off this wall is this massive like red carpet that meets the ground behind a small crystal pillar. It's sort of conical shape. And you can see that the two lines of black clothed humanoids uh, meet at this pillar. And uh, they will like sit there for a moment and then someone from the left line will like rush out and then I'll sit there for a moment and then someone from the right line will rush out and the lines will keep moving inward. And it's it's just this constant flow of people doing something at the crystal cone and then leaving. And as you get up within proper distance of the crystal, there is someone inside of it. They are human sized and they are basically humanoid shaped. They, they cut a faintly feminine figure. There is a hood down over their eyes, so you cannot see them. They have pretty dark skin, except for 
their arms. Their left arm is this mass of the same blue crystal that you keep seeing all over this place. And their right arm just looks completely out of place. It's porcelain white and it has a very masculine musculature and is like slightly detached from the body and is way bigger than the rest of the body. It very much seems like this arm doesn't belong to the person in there. And in fact, once you look harder, it sort of feels like the crystal that they're in doesn't belong to them either. It's too big for this person. It, it gives you the idea of, of, a, of a boy wearing his father's clothes. But the, the person in there doesn't move, but the, the lines of people, uh, one line seems to be like listening to the crystal and then nodding and running off, and the other line seems to be speaking into the crystal and then running off. And these six of you can pull up in front of it. What do you do? <laughs> I'm going to look to bad news and be like, should I just say hello? The blind air is capable of many thoughts simultaneously. Starting conversation will be fine. Do I need to get closer? You should assure that you are within earshot so long as you do not intend to shout. Not really a shouty kind of feeling right now. Okay, um... Roxanne, I guess, just gets a little bit closer mm -hmm. and says, um, hello. I guess this is... <sighs> I guess I'm here for answers. We have been aware of your approach for some time. Please, speak. Well, nice to meet you. I'm not even really sure where to start. It is not our first meeting with you, but it is nice all the same, we suppose. Right. Um, gosh, I'm here and I just, my mind is a complete blank. I want to ask. Um, I just, I need to know why is he, why is Dr. Steiner the anointed one? The role that he will play in the coming catastrophe is perhaps above all others, and so we have bestowed upon him a title of appropriate import. What, what is the coming disaster then? You do not need to know the fullness of the situation. However, suffice it to say that the lines of inquiry that your brother are pursuing will not come up empty. So, why this business with holes in the sky and a great worm and its pale rider? That's important somehow. It is, without question, the most important event that has occurred on Earth in the last 5,000 years. But not important enough that you can just tell me. 
Giving you too much information would influence your decisions to an undesirable degree. It is best to have you in the dark, so that you are free to make choices organically. We have seen that such ignorance will lead to the most favorable outcomes. And I'm just... So, you won't tell me... Basically, I'll find out eventually, but you won't tell me because me finding out is... I might make the wrong decisions because of what I know. Yes, we have seen that in certain scenarios. Your foreknowledge causes you to make drastically incorrect decisions. Okay. Well, how about this? Is what you want me to do? Is what we're, uh, this whole thing I'm working for, is it good, even? Good and evil are extremely abstract and immaterial, and we do not value things based on those criteria. Yeah, I knew you were going to say that. Okay. Our primary goal with your mission is the prevention of an uncountable number of human and fey deaths. While we do not value things based on good or evil, we axiomatically find the extinction of the human race to be a negative, and so we are taking steps to prevent it. Okay. Okay, um... Can you at least give me this? Why should I trust you? Because that is what you were created to do to follow the instructions we give you to bring about the best outcomes. You exist for no other purpose, and so failing to trust us would be against the intention of your existence. Jeez, oh. Dad. <laughs> I... There were so many ways I pictured this going. We see. Were you perhaps under the impression that your mission was something frivolous? No. No, not not even... not frivolous, just... I guess... I just spent my whole life wondering why I'm doing all of this. I... you know, trek across uh, figuratively hell itself to come here and just get stonewalled. You can't even give me a good reason to trust you. We do not understand. Is the prevention of the extinction of humanity insufficient reason to continue your mission? It's a good reason, assuming that you're telling me the truth. Interesting. We see. We see where we have erred with you. I'm sorry? We have allowed you to become too human. 
We believe that a human life and human experiences would be useful in the pursuit of ingratiating yourself to the Anointed One and escorting him to his destiny. But it appears we are past the point where that is useful. Your human feelings and desires are getting in your way now. So what? You're just going to replace me? Tell me to do a better job? This is all sounding very sinister, and I don't really have the patience for it. You are far too valuable and difficult to manufacture to replace. That is not something that we could abide. It seems that the best course of action will be for us to change your circumstances somewhat, so that you can better focus on your tasks. Excuse me? What? Yes. We believe that that will be the correct decision. I think I'm going to leave now. And as they say that, your your little group of messengers all like their body language changes. Like you you can read it on them that they all are just incredibly nervous. Bad news is like fingering the hilt of the sword sticking out of his second torso. Emergency is like sort of nervously cracking their knuckles. I'm just going to turn around and walk away. We are sorry, but we are going to have to ask that you stay here until the process is complete. Yeah. And suddenly you can't move anymore. Can I still talk? Yeah, your mouth is working. <sighs> I can't fucking believe this. <laughs> you know, I want to be angry. I want to fucking scream and shout and all that shit. <sighs> this is fucking typical, isn't it? I finally think things are going right for me. And I can't even fucking turn my head to, head to look at all of you, but I'm... So what? You're going to turn me... No offense. You know, turn me into some abstract something or other like everyone else here. I'm just supposed to be fine with it. As you are saying all of this, a a coldness is creeping up you, starting at your toes and just moving its way up your body. As you asked that question, the blind error answers. No, a fully inhuman form would impede your ability to operate effectively on Earth. We will need you to appear approximately human for the time being, but not so human that you can continue to delude yourself into living the life that you have been. <sighs> delude myself? I don't even... Yes, delude yourself. You have tricked yourself into believing that you have purpose outside of your mission and that you should pursue these false purposes. We are going to correct this. And at that moment, your headache returns and it is worse than it was at the gate. And in fact, you feel it like splitting out of your head and down your whole body. So, what? Just because you turn me into this Whatever you're going to do, 
it's supposed to make me listen better. Like, I'm a dog that bit your hand, and I'm just supposed to... <sighs> listen better because you pulled out the stick. Ideally, you will come to understand that the normal human life that you have come to crave is not something that you will have, and you will devote yourself more fully to the purpose that you were made for. Yeah. I guess... Fuck. I guess we'll see. Won't we? And... Casual comes over to stand in front of you, and he puts his hands on your shoulders and he says grit your teeth kid this is going to get real bad real fast I'm not going to grit anything and you are overwhelmed with this awful full body existential agony that rips through you and you are conscious for it for only a few moments before you black out can I roll to see how long I can go before I black out? <laughs> fucking, fucking throw me a tough roll. Hey, I'm good at those. All right. Fucking time for my time for my worst roll of the past two days. An eleven. An eleven. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So yeah, you can uh, you can you you're able to stay conscious for probably a lot longer than you should have been. I'm going to give. Even though he's the blind heir, I'm going to give him the fucking look. Just the meanest, angriest look I can manage. Unfortunately, you said before that you turned to walk away, so... Oh. Back is to the blind heir. Well, I know he can see this. In a yeah. sense, probably. Uh, yeah. So you pass out with the most awful scowl. Okay. Grant Harrison. Yes. You've, uh, you said that you were planning to hang out at headquarters while Roxanne was making this leg of her journey. Mm-hmm. So you've, you've been there for a good long while. At, at this point, at this point, we're getting up into like the 10 hour range, I'm going to declare. Mm hmm. And you picked up at a certain point that Magpie had this system with Roxanne where every couple of hours she goes and holds the door to the Deadlands open for an hour and then closes it. Mm hmm. And on one of these, one of these openings, Sultan Osman is standing right on the other side of the door. Oh, uh, hi. And Magpie, like, leaps back in surprise. Did something happen? Is something wrong? Some extremely grave fate has befallen Roxanne. We do not understand it yet, and she has not yet awakened to explain it to us. Uh, I'm already walking through the door. I don't care if I have to push my way past, past Osman and be the rudest motherfucker to somebody who is probably one of the nine most powerful people in existence, but I'm doing it. He is actually like filling the frame and he does like hold out a hand to like fully block your progress. Oh and God, he is, okay. 
he is considerably stronger than you. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> and as you like bounce off of his hand and I assume shoot him an awful look. Yeah. He says, we do not know when she will awaken. It would not be good for your health to linger in the Deadlands while you wait for her. It may be days yet until she is with us again, and you may be needed here on Earth in that time. Okay. All right. Fine. If there's any way that you guys can contact me as soon as she wakes up, I would greatly appreciate it. We have the means of sending messages to this side. All right. Thank you. He will nod at you, and he will nod at Magpie, and Magpie will give this, like, sort of, like, little freaked-out wave. And Osmond will turn around and walk back towards the palace. And Magpie will kind of look at you, because her first instinct is to shut the door, but you might want to be a shit and run in anyways, and she's gonna let you do that if you decide to. He looks real tempted to, but Osmond could honestly kick his ass without even really lifting most of his fingers. So Grant will listen to the big, scary, dead lich man. <laughs> right on. And uh, so Magpie will close the door and uh, flop down on the couch. And she is still for a moment. And then Grant, you observe just... It's the weirdest damn thing. You watch her age backwards. I did not know gremlins could do that. Uh... Like you, like you know that their physical age can fluctuate, but you were never aware that it could happen this quickly. But hot damn, you watch her lose like four years in five minutes. She, lo she looks younger than when you first met her. She looks like she's nine right now. I move over to her and I give her a hug, partially because she needs it and partially because I need it. Uh, she will sort of mutely pull out her phone. And Steiner, you get a text message from Magpie that says... Something really, really bad has happened to Roxanne in the Deadlands. We're on standby at home, waiting for more news. I fire back that I'm coming over. So a full day and night pass. And now we switch back to Roxanne. You slowly regain consciousness and it takes you a moment to recognize where you are because you've only been here once and it was quite brief and it was weird but you're in Cleopatra's weird little milk rose healing spell mm -hmm. you're just sort of suspended in there okay and as you blink back into consciousness and start to move around a little bit, the spell dissolves around you pretty quickly. And six of the sultans are here in the room with you. You are in Cleopatra's chambers. You can recognize it. And you are surrounded by six of the sultans. Uh, and it's, it's all six of the ones that you know. 
Uh, what do I remember at this point? You remember absolutely everything up until the point that she blacked out. How did I get back here? We found you unconscious outside of the gate, and we devoted all of our power to bring you back. You simply materialized on our side. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. I'm deliberately trying not to look down. As soon as you have that thought, you become more aware of your body and several very bizarre things sort of trickle into your consciousness. The first thing is that you are deathly cold. Like, all the way inside of you, you just feel absolutely frigid. And the the second, perhaps much more curious thing, is that you are seeing from angles that you should not be able to see. You have perspectives in your vision that human eyes don't have. I look down at my hands. And as you do, your hands look back up at you, and you realize you are looking at your face through your hands. There are eyes in the palms of your hands now. And through them, you can now see your face, and you can get a pretty good look at yourself. And the blind air was not kidding about you maintaining a roughly human form, but one that is still distinctly not human. Your skin has changed, and in fact, none of you is the same color as it once was. Your skin and hair are this shade of white that is one step to the left of eggshell. And the eyes on your face, all five of them, are the same bright, crystalline blue that you saw all over the place in Elysium, filled with the same sort of gold speckles. And they are smooth orbs going in a sort of half circle. You have two eyes where they normally would be on your face, and they complete an equidistant arc of five across your forehead. And you can see from the vantage point of your hands that you have been draped in the silken blankets that uh, Cleopatra had all about her room. And as you notice that, you notice that you are taller than uh, most of the sultans now, where previously you sort of came up just under eye level of Cleopatra and Arthur and Osmond stood head and shoulders over you. You now stand head and shoulders over Arthur and Osmond. You place yourself at about six and a half feet tall at this point. And as you begin to internalize the eyes on your hands, you begin to internalize the other viewpoints of your body and build a sort of proprioceptive location of them. You realize that you have eyes on your thighs and shins, and you have eyes down along your spine that are sort of covered in the blankets that you've been wrapped in. You have eyes... Uh, more eyes along your face and arms. And 
you still look roughly like yourself. You can recognize the Roxanne Harrison that you once were, but you are a platonically idealized version of yourself. Your features are sharper, much more thoroughly defined. Your musculature is hyper-defined. Your hair has been straightened out in a way that you were never able to do beforehand, no matter how much time and product you put into it. And perhaps least of all, but maybe also perhaps most of all, you are standing in the presence of the Sultans, and you don't have a headache. I'm not really sure what to say right now. We honestly do not know what to say either, Roxanne. There is a part of me right now that wants to burst like a dam and cry. There is this other part of me that if I wasn't so cold, I feel like I'd burst into flames. I'm so angry right now. You may take all the time you need to feel all that you need to feel. None of us are in any hurry to have you leave. <laughs> I'm not really sure where I'd go. I can't walk home from here. Your brother is waiting for you. I'm not really sure that, uh... I don't really know if I can... <laughs> if I can look at him right now. I can handle this, but I'm not sure I can handle seeing him handle this. If that makes any sense. I understand what you mean, yes. Maybe, maybe I should just go. I... I can't really go home wearing a blanket, unfortunately. Uh, how much of my clothes survived? We found you quite bare outside the gate. Ah. Another thing to be mad about. I guess monsters don't get modesty. I think I would like to go... to... I, I guess I'm going to go wait for Magpie to open the door to send me home. They are on standby waiting for a message from us. As soon as you are ready to go, we will signal them to open the door. <laughs> I don't suppose you know a tailor. <sighs> the blankets I've wrapped you with will cover your modesty quite well until you can find something that fits you. <sighs> okay. Um. Could one of you 
I guess, send the message. I think I would like to go home. Osman bows without speaking and exits the room first. Grant and Steiner. Uh, as you two are waiting at headquarters, there is this sort of like weird patch of dark space that manifests over the living room coffee table. And it sort of grows and contracts and expands. And there is like a pop of space expanding outwards. And there is a letter on the table in front of you. I read it. It's, it is addressed to Grant Harrison specifically, and it states that Roxanne Harrison has woken up and has expressed a desire to return home, so the door should be opened for her at your earliest ability. Uh, I will tell Magpie, Magpie, uh, Roxanne wants to come home. She sort of nods mutely, and she, the door has been like 90% complete this whole time. She just puts a little finishing touch on it and opens it up. Uh, I guess Roxanne's just staring, is standing there on the other side of the door. Uh, well, where the door usually opens up. Uh-huh. Magpie drops to her knees and begins sobbing uncontrollably. The fuck? <laughs> wow. I stare at it for a bit. And then I move over and I still hug her. I'm just gonna come through the door then. Yeah, come on. Emery is sitting in one of the armchairs, and this whole time their leg has been bouncing anxiously. And as Roxanne steps through and they can get a full look at her, they sort of bolt out of their seat, and they are even more pale than they usually are. That bad, huh? I would... I would... Uh, maybe limit outdoors time? I mean, I can try to, like, get you a glamour. What happened? That's... What happened to you? An excellent question. I'm not even really sure I can explain. I guess I came face to face with my creator and he didn't like what I, uh, uh, I, he didn't like what he saw. You know, that gate didn't instantly destroy me after I walked through. I would absolutely be fucking giving him a piece of my mind. Emery's face is sort of like sitting at a crossroads of blind rage and just like abject sympathetic despair. Well, 
you still feel like you? I feel like a lot more of me for good or for ill. Oh, and um, by the way, Grant and Roxanne, mm-hmm. when uh, Grant, when you took your sister into a hug, mm-hmm. you suddenly just you felt like the warmth of your body was being leached out of you. Well, that's fun. And Roxanne, you felt like the warmth of his body was being sucked into you. And you don't feel quite so cold anymore. I don't like that whatsoever. Like I said, at the very least, I can see if this can be hidden by glamour. I'm pretty good at making those. Grant, everybody... I know you want answers right now, but I think, I think I would like to, oh, can I still do it? Can I even still teleport home? I mean, you won't know until you try. Uh, I guess I'm going to try. Yeah, you do it. And in fact, you, you've are more clear-headed about the action than you ever have before. Like, you, instead of just, like, slipping between these invisible planes, as you call them into existence, you can see them, and you know exactly where your target is. Uh. You're, You're working a lot less on instinct than you are on knowledge now, and you can even sort of like charge the effect like you can prepare the planes to open up for you without immediately stepping into them hey something to figure out some other time I guess uh, if it's all the same I'd really like to just have some time to myself yeah yeah take take what you need I'm not gonna... I'm not gonna go out or anything, so nobody worry about that. I think I just would like to be by myself for a little bit. Can we bring some food by or anything? (laughs) Do I even have to... Do I even still need to eat? Uh... Yeah. Yeah, please. Alright. I'm gonna go now. Emery quickly crosses the room and wraps you in a big old bear hug. And the the warmth leeching effect happens and, and even as they like start to tremble in the cold, they Emery let go of me. They do not. I'm going to pry Emery off of me. They are not happy to be made to do so. One thing I can say right now is I don't think anybody should touch me. I don't think it's good for anyone to touch me. Alright. They look real unhappy about that. I'm gonna... Is Magpie around? She is still on the floor just sobbing uncontrollably. Um... Can you apologize to her for me? Yeah... Yeah, well, 
I'll do my best. All right. And with that, Roxanne teleports out of the room back into her house. Oh, so is this a class change? Yes. This is this is a class change. And in fact, uh, let's do this now while we sort of regain ourselves. I mean, I made a laser gun. Uh, Roxanne, you have now officially transitioned into the monstrous. Let's talk about that. Alrighty. So, the monstrous. The monstrous is definitely one of the more out there classes. Perhaps the most out there class of all of them. Mm-hmm. And it comes with several features. The mm-hmm. first and foremost is that the monstrous has a curse. Some sort of, aside from being a monster, some sort of huge negative quality to their life that they just have to live with. They can either have a dark master a pure drive, which is just this overpowering emotion that you live and breathe by. A vulnerability, which is a substance that hurts you more whenever it's applied to you. Or a feed, which is something that you must consume on the regular or negative consequences happen. And I picked feed warmth. Mm. Yep, so... Roxanne must consume warmth from human bodies or else bad things happen to her. The specific mechanical nature, because all four, uh, well, three of the four, the Dark Master doesn't have a direct mechanical thing, but the feed has a mechanical thing of you need to act under pressure to avoid feeding whenever the perfect opportunity presents itself. And I just realized that the word opportunity is misspelled on the character sheet. Hmm. Opportunity. Opportunity. I've been waiting for this. <laughs> so if Pepper Broxan is around a person and does not want to suck the warmth out of their body, she's going to have to make a roll. Oh boy. The monstrous also comes with a natural attack. Some sort of special either physical or physiomagical ability that is inherent to their monstrous being. The monstrous has the ability to pick. There are four base options and three extra options. You can either pick one base and add an extra to it, or you can pick two bases. Yeah, and I picked uh, Life Drain. (laughs) One harm, intimate Life Drain. You have chosen Vor. No, I'm pretty sure you chose four. Actually, <laughs> literally, it is the fourth option on the on the list too. <laughs> um, and I picked the extra uh, add ignore armor to a base, so it's one harm, intimate life drain, ignore armor. Yep. So Roxanne has to get like ultra close to someone. Like intimate is the sort of like vampire bite range, which is. Like what the the playbook example has the vampire having the life drain attack and it is it is their vampiric bite. 
So Raxan has to get that close to her target, but if she can connect with that attack, she deals one and heals one harm. Just flat Dang. out. Uh, just, to, just to prove how versatile this playbook is, you can literally make the Mothman with this playbook. And also a werewolf, and also a zombie, and also a vampire, and also whatever the hell it is Roxanne is. It's like incredibly versatile. You could just do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. I, I got a laser gun. <laughs> <laughs> there there literally isn't a, like, you are this monster checkbox to fill out. You fill in your own field of what monster you want to be. Uh, speaking of, so let's talk about Roxanne's new stats and Roxanne's moves. Okie dokie. So tell me about them. Right, the two moves and the stats. Uh, let's start with the stats, because that's the simplest thing. Okay. So, um... The thing about uh, the monsters is all of the stat blocks have weird plus three. Yeah. Funny that. So, oh, I, meant, I totally meant to ask about this. Um, one of the stat blocks just, like, feels straight up better than the other ones. And I'm thinking it's just because of, like the fact that some of the stats are weighted differently it's a it's a thing i think it's an oversight by the publishers there there are occasionally uh stat blocks that are just strictly better than others i know that the big game hunter had one yeah the big game and i think i think the flake had one too where like it's, yeah. it's like one of the stat blocks is just like two less than the other ones yeah, I, I think that the that is, the total stats is supposed to add up to a certain number, and they just messed up on a couple of them. Mm. Yeah, uh, I feel like it's supposed to like add up to like three total or something like that for this. So Probably something um, like that. Yeah. So if you just want me to like add an extra minus one onto this somewhere, I'm fine uh, with that. Um, let me uh, let me pop open. You can play. Yeah, you can look at the, the uh, math. In, in the notes on my character sheet, I did the math for how I distributed everything. As soon as this, uh, as soon as this opens up properly, I will we'll hash it out right now, so it just isn't an issue in the future. Yeah, fair. Uh, the monstrous. Okay, where are your step blocks are on the second page? All right, which um, do you know which block you picked? Yeah, the second one. The charm minus one, cool plus one, sharp plus one, tough plus zero, tough equals zero, one. So let me see here. That's three plus two is five, minus two is three, three plus two is five, minus two is three, three plus two is five, minus two is three, three plus two is five, minus one is four, three plus two is five. Yeah, so that stop, that stat line is just. There should be a another minus somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, if you want me to just, like, take an extra minus away somewhere, I'm cool with that. Yeah, just go ahead and drop any one stat by one up to you. Yeah, no, that's fine. I'll, uh, I'm actually going to drop tough by one. So it's turns it ends up being uh, minus two charm, plus one cool, plus one sharp. Uh, plus one toughness and plus three weird with all of the plus ones and minus ones like added so yeah. zero uh, one 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 three 
Fucking incredible. It took divine intervention to Roxanne to get less charm. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, you of little faith. (laughs) Yeah, because uh, now let's talk about Roxanne's moves. Uh, Which ones did you keep from the divine? Um, so I get to pick all of them except one, right? Yep. I, I basically unpick one. So I'm going to untake, uh, Soothe. Just leave that one off the table, and then, uh... So you've still got your boss from beyond, you've still got Angel Wings, and you've still got Lay on Hands. Yeah. Is there another that I'm forgetting? Uh, Lay on, uh... What I need, right? You still got your pocket dimension. Still got your hammer space. Yeah, Grant's pillow is still in there. Oh my gosh! (laughs) So now let's talk about the two uh, monstrous moves that you took. Oh, oh, the okay, yeah. I was wondering if you were going to talk about the two out of class moves. Oh right, yeah. Let's let's cover that super quick. What's the what out of class move did you take? Which one did you get rid of? Oh, this is a tough one, actually. Um, I think I'm actually going to... I'm going to drop the Tactical Genius one. All right. So you're back to rolling uh, Read a Bad Situation with Sharp instead of Cool. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to keep the plus one armor from, uh, what is it, like protective padding or something or uh, preparedness or something like that. Yeah, the one from the wrong to that just gives you plus one armor. Yeah, you like you like jury rig your armor to give you It's called Yeah, it's called safety first. That's what it is. I just tapped back to the right sheet for it. Yep. So which monstrous moves did you take? I picked Unnatural Appeal. You roll plus weird instead of plus charm when you manipulate somebody. <laughs> I am quite familiar with that move. Yes. <laughs> the weirding way. And the other one I picked was, uh, how do you say this? Preternatural speed? Preternatural speed? That's correct. You got it in one. Okay. You go much faster than normal people. When you chase, flee, or run, take plus one ongoing. Yep. So Roxanne just has an auto plus one anytime she's got to go fast. So I, I think the last two things, what uh, advanced move did you keep? Because I know you had a couple. I actually didn't think about this, but the easy answer for Roxanne Harrison is I'm going to keep advanced uh, protect someone. Right on. And then last but not least is the gear. You kept all of your gear. Uh, and that includes your divine protection that is for some reason listed under gear on the di- on the divine's playbook so it's I'm declaring technically it supposed to be a set of armor that you wear from what I understand like it, it, it kind of seems sheet. like that it kind of seems like that yeah but uh but in this case Roxanne just has some enhanced physical characteristics that uh that make it so that she can tank hits better than a, a regular person. Time to actually go change all of my numbers. There. Mm-hmm. Alrighty. So that's the monstrous. 
It's two class changes in one session. I'm so proud of all of you. Ryu. Everybody's officially on their second playbook. We did it. Yeah. We made it, gang. So, Dr. Edwin Steiner. Hello. Hello. So, over the, uh, over the past several weeks, Imani has been in and out of your lab working with Gregory, hooking up to the fucking Beowulf cluster and running that until it's too dangerous to run it anymore. And then you got a call from Lolo saying that that's not going to happen anymore because she's gone and fallen ill and it's not okay for her to be working for the time being and so everything was just turned over to Gregory. Right. And a couple days after that happened you're chilling in your lab uh, it's just doing some spot checking on your new weapons and armor set and Gregory pipes up with Oh, Edwin I think I have found a possible solution to the numbers. You, you have? Well, see ya. It's... We were informed by Grant that the language behind it would be esoteric, and I do believe that ancient Mayan is quite esoteric. Mayan, okay. Didn't call Mayan. That's Sumerian, at the very most. One moment, I will pipe the information to the terminal to your left. So you are given a, uh, a a table forms in just a basic word processor on the computer closest to you. And so the, the first line is a split up of the code. The, the 2012 is by itself. And then it's followed by 36, 21, 79, oh 31, God. 151. And then the the table is filled with a, a sort of breakdown of like how those numbers like translate out in what the what word they actually translate out into, and then sort of the like Anglicanized version of that, and that's formed into a sentence. And the ultimate result of it is their shackles will finally break. You can't see it, but I have my finger right now. Are we stopping the 2012 Mayan apocalypse? Yes! I can't believe it took you this long to figure it out. Yeah, like seriously, why do you think it was set in 2012, man? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you were the only one here who didn't know. It's so uh, good. I don't pay a lot of attention sometimes. <laughs> and apparently I think I literally I... <laughs> brought it up last session. You did. No, session before last. Yeah, <laughs> you did. Session before last. I literally said, isn't there supposed to be like an apocalypse that happens this year? It took. I forgot I, about I, that. I don't pay attention sometimes. Sometimes being four, five, six months, something like that. Seven. <laughs> Yeah. 40 sessions. 40 sessions. <laughs> this is going to be session 38. I just thought okay, you were putting it a couple years ahead of Baltimore because you didn't want to open that. <laughs> nope. No, there was a very specific reason it was 2012. God.
Yeah, you have you have a possible answer in front of you. What do you do with it? Well, shit. I'm gonna phone Grant. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Harrison, leave. Gregory had just cracked that particular code. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so there's a string of numbers. Um, first and foremost, 2012, mm-hmm. 36, 21, 79, 31, 151. And then okay. this is a closest translation as we can get, but. Um, Gregory says it is Mayan, and it says the shackles will finally break. Uh, you hear Grant moving into another room and just furiously writing something and then, like, slamming it onto something. He has basically written that sentence down and just slammed it onto his uh, Pepe Sylvia board. What did I... Did you just put a note on a cord? Is that what I heard? Have I not told you about my Pepe Sylvia board? Yo, what? You know what? Never mind. Uh, anyway, right. okay, so that doesn't sound super good. No, it's not. Okay, well, uh, I have a guy I'm going to have to ask about this. I think it's time he goes into my yet. What? <laughs> Nothing, never mind. Don't worry about it. No, that was out of character. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I have an yet in my, uh, in my haven now. It's isolated from every kind of monster, spirit, and magic that I know about. Anything you stash in there can't be found, can't do any magic, and can't get out. So I'm basically going to sever him from his magic and ask him questions. Huh. <laughs> um, I will just pretend I know saying there. Um, seems like you understand this a bit more than I do. Oh, I no, was... I, I 100% don't understand this. This is why I need to ask questions. Hmm. Well, if you find out anything, I'm sure. I mean, I would love to know. I'm sure Gregory would also. Gregory. Gregory would also love to know. I would, in fact, enjoy knowing any further information that can be found. I also think that it would be only fair to ensure that Imani is aware of this answer as well. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Oh, that's uh, right. Um. Is she doing all right these days? Uh, she's doing better. Hmm. Uh, but, I mean, I don't know if she's still 100% there, but she's doing better. Yeah, it's like if you check in with Lolo over time, you, you basically learn that, like, the depressive swing of this whole thing tends to last for, like, close to two weeks once okay. it kicks up. So she's on the back half of it at this point, but... She's not better yet. Okay. Right, well, find out what you can um, work from here. And, um, Grant? Mm-hmm? Have you heard anything from Roxanne? No. No, not yet. Right. Nothing here either. All right. Stay safe. Uh, you too. And I'm going to hang up and immediately start heading towards the apartment. All right, well, hold on a sec. Edwin. Yes, yes. Would it perhaps be prudent to inform the rest of the team? 
Right. Uh, in the meantime, why don't you poke around and see what you can find about this Mayan apocalypse? It's been trending on the news. I've been talking about. Apparently, it might actually have something to it. I will begin researching it immediately. Right. Uh, I fire off, I guess, group text here. Yeah, sure. That's that seems pretty prudent. Basically, containing the information that been expressed already several times. So when you uh, what you say to the group text, like, hey, we got the answer, it's in Mayan. Like five seconds later, you you get fired back from Emery. Wait, actually for real Mayan? Apparently. That's what he says. And I will take his word for it. Can I get the can I get the Mayan words? Uh yes, hold on. Uh let me I have to type these out. Hold on. Just take a picture and send it, Grandpa. On a 2012 phone resolution of monitor? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty fair. It is quicker to just type it all out. Yeah, so you could fire that out. And uh, like that goes through. And then like 30 seconds later, you get back. Oh, fuck. This is it. What? Oh, I got to I got to call. I got to call the big lady. What big lady? Does everyone know something but I, but me? What? <laughs> the, the text message back is, I will inform you all once we have concrete results, but this is, this might be what we've been looking for. Fantastic. I'm glad something is going right today. All right, Grant? Uh, yeah, Grant is at the apartment building and um, basically goes in and just like, uh, he just shouts, I need to talk to Sam now, and he just starts heading up. I mean, nobody stops you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I look at the garden, I go, hey, uh, we need to escort Sam to the new room that I started renting out. Why? Because I think it might cut off whatever the hell that it is keeping him, keeping him from talking to me, and I have some serious questions I need to answer, need answered, like, five minutes ago. Uh... Yeah, all right, sure. Um, and the guard will unlock the door, and the two of you can go in together, and he basically says, Hey, uh, Sam, we, uh, we're going to ask you some new questions, but we're going to do it in a new way, so just, uh, like, come on. And Sam sighs in a way that's like, you've been in here often enough that he's just fucking tired of seeing your face at this point. <laughs> just like, he knows that when you show up, he's bound for just you vomiting questions at him that he cannot answer. He's tired of it. All right. All right. Come on, Sam. We're going to go into a special room and I lead him into the oubliette. All right. And hopefully this fucking works. Oubliette. All right. He just sort um, of looks around and I presume you've got some sort of fucking chair or something he can sit in. Yeah, uh, I will also hand um, the uh, the guard the keys, and I'm like, when I knock, just open it up. We can't open it up from inside. He'll nod and step outside and lock the door behind him. All right, so I go, all right, so here's the moment of truth. What do you know about the Great Worm and its Pale Rider? He sort of like sighs dejectedly. And he, he gets halfway through the words, I can't tell. And then he pauses. And he thinks, and he gets a weird look on his face. 
it's not here. You can answer. No, it's... It's partially here. Okay, well, partially is better than nothing, I suppose. All right, but can you answer the question? Tell me, tell me, ask me again, ask me again. What do you know about the Great Worm and its Pale Rider? He like he he takes a big breath and he steals himself and he and he vomits out. I know where they are. Where? And then his nose starts bleeding. No, 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 no. We can't do this. I need you. Do you know about their shackles will finally break? We only have a couple of months. Now his other nostrils bleeding. Okay, I don't want to kill you doing this. Do you think you could answer on more? I don't want to push you. Uh, I can. I can try. Where are they? They're here in California, and now his eyes are bleeding. Okay, we're stopping. We're stopping now. I. Uh, I knock on the door <laughs> and it is unlocked and open all right uh i say somebody get somebody get him healed right now he nods and like pulls sam out of the room and starts to work a healing spell and then he stops and he cocks his head and he says that's weird it's not working oh shit Hold on, let me try this again. And his hands light up with the sort of stereotypical green light of healing around his hands. And he pushes it onto Sam's face. And he pulls it back and he says, No, fuck, it's not working. We need, like, practical medical attention attention now. Like, now. I, I don't know. I don't know what this is. It's, it's being kept from healing. Is he still alive? At least, like, out of character, is he still alive? Yeah, he's he's alive and breathing, and he's, like, shaking bodily, and he's, like, he keeps wiping at the blood dripping out of his nose. Yeah. Ugh. Fuck, get, get him on an IV or something. Like, just try and keep him alive. I'm, I'm not pushing any more questions on him. Yeah, well, um, we'll, we'll, we'll see what we can do. All right, thanks. Bossy, bossy, jeez. Well, I mean... <laughs> Grant's finally getting the answers that he's been working for since the uh, fucking siren head for. So yeah, Grant will like move to the um to someplace to sit and uh, think for a bit, and then finally pull out his phone, see all the messages, and be like, um, "said I got some answers. It's here in California." What is here in California? Someone tell me something. <laughs> That thing I've been obsessing for in months that is all, that's like in all caps. White worm thing? Yes! Just assumed you were high. Still. Sometimes yes, but not right now. <laughs> <sighs> right. What do we do? According to Sam, uh, and then I put in parentheses my information broker, we only have a couple of months. Until? I guess at that point, 
Roxanne, the first thing she said in the group chat, it, and she says, until everyone dies. Oh. Well, that sounds bad. Yes, let's get on that. <laughs> Magpie and Emery finally joined the chat. Yeah, let's let's get on that. We'll, we should have some more concrete information to start working with in hopefully a week or two. So, I feel like that's a good place to call the session. Yes, please. It's only 1.30 at night in the East Coast. 1.40 at night in the East Coast. It's now Friday the 13th here, by the way. Yeah. Nice. I think for the first time ever, we're going to do a proper end of session for a downtime. Yeah. So, did we conclude the current mystery? Uh, we concluded a mystery. I would say we concluded giant, a big enough part of the mystery that it should count. Like we figured out what the fuck the numbers are. Yeah. 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 All right. Did we save someone from certain death or worse? I technically saved someone from certain death by con- not continuing to ask questions when his eyes started to bleed. That doesn't count. You're that the doesn't one count. who put him in the That situation. doesn't count. That doesn't count. Yeah. I know. I was. All right. I'm gonna say no. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna call a no on that. Yeah, that that's that's something no. new and important about the world. God's a dick. God is yeah. a dick. <laughs> Just gonna type the word Elysium in all caps. <laughs> Elysium sucks. And then, did we learn something new and important about one of the hunters? Roxanne uh, is not having a great time. Yeah, Roxanne's not having a great time. I, I would say that the combination class changes for two characters will count as a yes for that. Yeah, like, so, it's been poked at, but, like, I think this is the first time we've explicitly called attention to Steiner being chosen for something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You've, you've been called the anointed one on several occasions, but this is the first time it's been very explicitly said your presence is going to be instrumental for averting the apocalypse. Fun times. Congrats. How does your destiny taste, good sir? (laughs) Bitter with afternotes of fear. (laughs) Alright, so everybody can get to experience. Who leveled up? Um, I know that Steiner leveled up. Yeah. All the rolls that he made. Definitely not Roxanne. I did not. Uh, by the way, Chloe, if you had any experience... I did uh, not. Okay. Yeah, so it, if you had any lingering, it would have carried over. But you don't, so it doesn't. It's cool. So, Steiner, what are you going to do with your new level? Um, hmm. Okay, yeah, I can. Uh, I'm just going to dump one into Charm. I was just checking the one that I don't get to dump in, which is cool for the action scientist. So I'm going to dump a point to charm. Right on. Sounds good. All right. So that was a big one. And it's we're just going to keep having big ones for a little while because, you know, 
Siren Head was the was the climax fight of Act One. What we're doing next time is going to be the climax fight of Act Two. Oh, Jesus! Nice. Wow. So, uh, so that's popping off next time. Great. After that, it's going to be another downtime with a huge thing in it. Oh boy. That's what she said. Things just don't stop ah. happening. To be yeah. fair, there are a ton of huge things in Elysium. That's right, I finally made it. I finally made the dick joke. Fuck you. <laughs> and I held out until it. now. Bold new territory for this podcast. Penis humor. <laughs> <laughs> and then after that, downtime is going to be a breather hunt. And then after that hunt is going to be the downtime where I turn the world upside down. So... Oh Everybody get excited for that. Oh boy. Oh boy. Literally upside down. We're going to start playing Inverse World. No, we're all going to Elysium. We didn't get all the proper spells and we didn't get the classes. We we can't see the orb behind Richter. (laughs) Oh no. Alright, so thank you for listening, everybody. I hope you enjoyed this fucking emotional roller coaster. So you are the dark priest they call Shaft. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fuck it, I'm cutting it on that.